What is up, YouTube? Welcome in to another edition of Bucky and BK live on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Today is Thursday, August 24th, 20 and 23. We are nine days away from kickoff for the Texas Longhorns here in 2023. And after needing a load management day yesterday, his third one in as many weeks, the buck is back. What's going on, Bucky? How you doing, my friend? How you doing this morning? I'm good. Fantastic, fantastic. I, uh, you know, I've been teasing that I was going to be making some changes to my studio at home, and I don't think the people thought I was actually going to just up and move and buy a new house completely. But that's what we've done here. Wow, you've got a new home. Great. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Now we're at uh, we're at the parents' place in Galveston right now. And I'm being selfish, which that's nothing new, Buck. But I could have turned this desk and my camera around to where you guys could be facing the Gulf of Mexico. But instead, because I like me more than I like anybody else, I I get the view of the Gulf of Mexico right now on the beach in Galveston Island. Yeah, the clean, clear waters of the Gulf of Mexico, (laughs) in which the next rainstorm will come from, as a matter of fact. Let it be known. That will be our next, uh, not not because I am now a true meteorologist. Now I'm not just a weather guesser any longer. Uh-oh. Okay, after after I said mark the tape, the rains will come, and the, they did come for you people. As my doctor Trey Elling said, that it just spit on us here. I'm like, yeah. what are you talking about? There had buckets of rain here in the Austin area when I was gone for a day. What else do you want? I can't give you everything in one short burst. I just let me just give you a little bit at a time. It'll be back here next week sometime. Temperatures will change. We'll be in the we'll be in the 90s, about 96, 97, 98. Cold front. Cold front. That's right. Believe me, there's a difference between that and 105. So and you're you're predicting more rain next week because we yeah. only got like 15 to 20 minutes of it the other day. Just a little tease, my friend. Just a little tease for you people. Okay. You got it, and you, hopefully you enjoyed it though. Oh, man. I was at uh, Kelly's Irish Pub hanging out with the Altstadt guys and also Brandon Mars of Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment came by, too. And there were a few people who were inside the bar who literally ran outside and started playing in the rain like little kids. Come on, kids. That's how excited they were that uh, we were getting some rain in Austin, Texas. So somebody tell them they actually do live in Texas. These things happen. Yeah, well, it had been a long time since that thing had happened. And congrats to you. You did say it was going to rain on either Tuesday or Wednesday. It's not like you were super direct with your prediction, but it did rain on Tuesday or Wednesday. So I will tip my cap to you and uh, say that you are a better weather guesser than all of the people who actually get paid to weather guess. I'm a true meteorologist. I'm not a guesser any longer. That's not a real profession. No, no, that that, that doesn't not a deserve, No, that doesn't deserve ology at the end of it. That they're not smart enough to uh, to get that honor. I'll tell you what is a profession. Good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cavazos, Texas. The soldiers in the state of Texas and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you so very much for what you do. It is appreciated. Thank you very very much for your service. Absolutely. Hey, before we get rolling, and we've got to talk about what Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark had to say about Texas at a gathering in Lubbock yesterday. This thing made the rounds on social media and has a lot of Longhorn fans up in arms, and I think rightfully so. Got to give a shout out to our guy Ewan, who gave us a $10 super sticker donation at 5.13 a.m. today. 
Nice. He left this comment. Have a good show, guys. Texas fan from New Zealand. We'll listen to the recording in the morning. I guess his morning is different than our morning. Hook him horn. So uh, Texas Sports Unfiltered. We're beyond Texas now, Buck. We're beyond the States. We're now making our way over to New Zealand. Shout out to Ewan for the nice words and the uh, nice donation. Ewan, not Ebon, because you know how I can get with those names now. (laughs) You're going to try to borrow a cake pan from this guy too? (laughs) If I may. If I may. Thank you very much, Ewan. We appreciate it, man. That's good stuff. And you too can throw in your donations. Five bucks, two bucks. We don't care. We'll take it. Yeah, people always ask how they can support the channel. Well, liking our videos, subscribing to the channel, spreading the word, right? Sharing our content to as many Longhorn fans as possible. That all helps, but hey, we'll take the financial support from time to time as well. No doubt about it. As as I was spreading the word up in Fredericksburg, Texas. Yes, walking the streets of Fredericksburg yesterday. How was your load management day? My load management day, I went up to Fredericksburg on Tuesday and stayed at um, the Sunday house, it's called, right there on the main drag on Main Street. Been around the corner, two blocks, a little walk around the corner, which everybody does. You know, you just walk up and down the streets of Fredericksburg and just sweat, you know. There's ball sweat everywhere. I mean, that's all it is. Just going up and down and up and down. (laughs) And I finally, I did, I had a wonderful meal at an Italian restaurant about three blocks from my hotel. Went there and sausage and peppers. Talking about a nice Italian meal. That was fabulous. Great salad. Really, really nice meal. So I, I had that load management. I also got a chance to get in the hot tub, you know, my own hot tub, because there was nobody else in a hot tub on Tuesday. They were like, what is this idiot doing in the hot tub? Yeah, it's what were you doing bath. in a hot tub? It's 99 degrees outside. It was okay. It was great. The golf was not, I didn't play well. The golf course is beautiful at Boot Ranch and Folks at Boot Ranch said hello, and it is um, – I've got them so that they're being a part of, of what we're doing here at Texas Sports Unfiltered. They are they are very much a part up there in the Fredericksburg area. That place is beautiful. Still, no matter what time of the year is, Fredericksburg is really gorgeous. It is. It is. Well, glad you had a good time. Glad you're back, and hopefully no more load management days in the near future. Do you have any other days you need to tell me about? you got to ask off for – Load management again anytime soon, Kawhi Sr.? Well, Kawhi Sr. will be needing a trip to fish camp eventually. So, Uh-oh. But the weather is going to have to calm down a little bit. It's a little hot for, you know, uh, the air conditioner, one air conditioner and 25 guys. No, we're going to mm-hmm. wait it out a little bit. We might, might have, have two air conditioners and 25 guys. I'll wait that out. Good. I'll wait that out till the fall, the okay. real fall. We might have to do a Bucky and BK live show from fish camp. That would be awesome. Oh, man. That'd be dangerous right there. Shout out to David for the comment here. BK could not find where New Zealand is on a map. Yeah, you're right. You're 100% so, right. Maps and things? At, Come on, there. Where's New Zealand? By New England? By the Boston and Chicago? Those states up there? Is anything new? New York? It's there. New Haven? Somewhere, somewhere yeah. over there. I don't care about any of that. All right, Buck, let's uh, let's get into these comments from Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark, who, man, did not pull any punches when talking about Texas. Now, keep in mind, he was in Lubbock. He was talking to a gathering of Texas Tech fans and alumni. So uh, there's always some pandering going on when you are at a place like that, in a setting like that. But, man, Brett Yormark was talking about Texas and Oklahoma, 
departing for the SEC after this season. And he also gave a little love to Texas Tech and took a little shot at Texas as uh, Texas Tech travels to Austin for the regular season finale. It'll be the last regular season Big 12 game Texas ever plays. And Brett Yormark basically told you who he wants to win that game. Take a listen. In addition, candidly, we were able to get Texas and Oklahoma out a year early. That was a big deal for us, and I think all of you, okay? And coach, I'm not going to put any pressure on you, but I'm going to be in Austin for Thanksgiving, okay? And you better take care of business like you did right here in Lubbock last year. Yeah, and candidly, you are, Mark, you need to understand this. As long as Texas and Oklahoma are still in your conference, they still own your conference. So you can yap all you want to, but we know who the two powers are, the superpowers in this conference are. So as long as they're still a part of you, which they are, you need to sit back and have an ice cream cone. Really. An ice cream cone. Yeah, really. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if you thought Texas and Oklahoma, for that matter, were going to be getting any party favors on their way out the door, you thought wrong. Now, you probably shouldn't have thought that. I mean, Texas and OU were getting screwed by the refs at every turn last season. And that, of course, was the second to last year of these two teams in this conference. But now that it's the final year of Texas and OU in the Big 12, there is no chance the Longhorns or Sooners are going to be given any favors by anybody around this league. And Brett Yormark, he's the man in charge. So it's not just him saying this publicly and not actually trying to do anything about it. That guy is in charge of the head of officials in the Big 12, which means he is in charge of the officials in the Big 12. So that's not just a tongue-in-cheek comment in passing trying to pander to a crowd in Lubbock. That is a a directive, at least that's what it sounds like to me, to where, hey, man, it is not going to be easy for you two as you leave. F you, you're leaving. We're not going to make this easy. And you know, Buck, the conference does not want Texas or Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game. No, they game. don't. But that's Obviously, the, wor- the worst nightmare is both Texas and OU in the conference championship game. Like, the Big 12 wants to prove that it's going to be perfectly fine without the two biggest brands that you sure were talking are. about. They're going to try to do whatever they can to make sure that uh, the Longhorns or the Sooners don't make it to Jerry World in December. They can try all they want to, but as long as the, the brand of University of Texas and uh, University of Oklahoma is a, still a part of it officially, which they are, they, the rest of y'all don't have a chance. So you can just forget about it. You can try to fix everything you want to. But when when it starts, so this this University of Texas still has an awful lot of say in the Big 12. And your mark can do all he wants and try to scheme and, and, and make it scandalous with officiating and everything else. Because that's a direct – you're right. That is a directive right there. That's a lousy deal done by somebody who's supposed to be in leadership, playing a leadership role. That's not taking the high road. Then fine. He still needs to understand who the boss is. The boss resides at the University of Texas and probably the University of Oklahoma until they actually are out of this conference. So you better just get it straight. They're heads. This is this is this is a deal for him. This is this is bad leadership on his part, I believe. I think this is crappy to do as a leader. Supposed to let this thing just go ahead and play itself out. Texas is going. Oklahoma is going. Play it out. But if you want to be bitter about it, so when we start kicking ass on the way out. That's fine, too. That I'll be here during Thanksgiving. Great. Well, you better hire some extra security when you make your way to Austin, Brett, because yeah. you're now public enemy number one in these parts. Yeah, while you're there having your chicken meal while everybody else is eating turkey. Great. Come on down. Mm, you're saying chicken's a major upgrade over turkey? 
Yeah, and by the way, hey, bring that group from Lubbock with you too. They're coming anyway. Bring their head coach. Bring them on because they're supposed to – are they going to be the next powerhouse, the Texas Tech Red Raiders powerhouse of the Big 12? Great. Sounds great. Sounds they think like they are. They're talking a lot of smack up there in Lubbock. I mean, Tech fans – look, Texas fans are a lot like this too where we just kind of feel like every year is our year. But Tech fans are some of the most confident fans in all of sports. And Even at least when they Texas, suck. Uh, yeah, at least Texas has a lot of history across college sports that they can point to. I mean, Texas has won the Director's Cup in two of the last three years. Like, as a overall athletics department, Texas is one of the best in the country year in and year out. And congratulations on your meat judging championships, Texas Tech. Uh, that's what you guys are known for these days. But Texas Tech fans, man, they're they're the college version of Philadelphia Eagles fans. That's the comparison that I always make. Wow. Like They're passionate as hell. I admire their passion. I really do. But they are over-the-top confident and over-the-top ruthless all of the time. So, yeah, they already think that they're winning the Big 12 this year. Like They're not, they're not thinking that, oh, we need you know, Oklahoma and Texas to leave before we can start competing at the top of this league. No, they're saying, hey, we beat Texas last year. We beat Oklahoma last year. We've got Joey McGuire as our head coach now. We're going to win this league this year so they are incredibly incredibly confident up there in Lubbock and yeah they do believe that you know, they, they're going to run this conference starting this year but especially after Texas and OU leave after their 15th quarterback they should be right dead smack in the middle of the pack where they belong yeah. that's exactly where they'll finish up and dude I, I can't recall a time I've ever heard a conference commissioner come out and say anything close to what Brett Yormark said right there like no, I, that's, I, I, that's more of a directive than anything. Yeah, like I get it. I get that he's pissed. I get why he's pissed. Like, look, the Big 12 did a good job pivoting after Texas and Oklahoma made their announcements that they were headed to the SEC. And they've got the four new schools coming in this year and obviously the four Pac-12 schools coming in next year. Like the Big 12 did what it needed to do to stay alive, honestly, because uh, the Big 12 could have been a Pac-12, right? There could have been other conferences. They were coaching. headed that direction. Exactly. So I'll give uh, – Bulls be a little bit of credit. I'll give your mark a lot of credit for pivoting the way that they did and reacting the way that they did to make sure this conference was going to be in relatively good standing beyond 2023 and 2024. But man, like to come out and, and say this like that, you, you can't do this, dude. You can't say that about member schools in your conference. You're supposed to be the unbiased leader. You're supposed to be equal representation of every school in your league. And oh, by the way, Texas and Oklahoma have paid your paycheck, dude, over the last couple of years. Like all the money you're bringing in, all the money you've brought in has been because of those two programs. Like, dude, show a little bit of respect and like try to be a little bit less biased than that. My God, like you could dunk on the two schools after they leave all you want, but Absolutely. to do this while you're trying to promote that you have a fair and equitable conference, which I, I think is the goal for every conference to make it feel like every team and every student athlete has a chance. Remember, this is about the kids, right? It's, it's, not about, about the kids. it's not about the big money donors. It's not about Chris Del Conte. It's not about the fans. You might be happy all of those guys are leaving, but this is supposed to be about the student athletes, and you're supposed to give every student athlete an equal opportunity to win and be successful in their sport. You're basically saying that, sorry, kids, we don't care about you. Screw you. You're We're going to screw you when it comes to competition and around every corner, whether it doesn't matter what the competition is. It doesn't matter if it's volleyball. It doesn't matter if it's basketball. We're going to try to do everything we can to screw your university on the way out. Yeah. That sounds great. You can't, you can't like, I, I, I get that that would happen. Right. And I understand why it sure would happen. happen when you're gone. But 
you can't you can't publicly say that. Like you can't spill the beans on something like that. Like that's I, I fully expect Texas and Oklahoma to get screwed in every sport this year. Obviously, football is the one that we're going to be talking about the most and we're going to be the most focused on. But like I fully expect that to be a, a total academic year issue for for these two schools. And I know fans of other Big 12 schools are like, oh, it's about damn time. You guys have been getting the calls forever. Whatever. Uh, that's that's going to happen. But you can't publicly admit to that. That's basically what Brett Yormark did. Like, you can't make the private stuff public. You can't basically go out there and explicitly say that, no, we are trying to bone Texas and OU whenever we possibly can. Like, that's, that's where it becomes an issue, right? And we will. And they are going to try to do that. They started it last year. It's just going to get compounded this year, except for Texas will fight back. Hopefully this football team is going to fight, fight back. This will be the start of it here next week where they start to fight. Where they start to fight back. Now, that's non-conference. But when the season starts, it starts from there. And once they get into conference play, that the University of Texas will not just kind of cruise through. They'll start annihilating teams on the way out. That's what I want to see. I want to see these teams that, hey, if you get a chance to be at the two-yard line and you can take a knee, screw them. Jam this right down their guts. I'm all for it. I'm all yeah. I'm all for running it up. I'm all I'm all for hey if Texas Tech is down uh, by whatever it is at, on Thanksgiving Day, guess what? Make them stuff that turkey right down their guts. Hmm. Well, that is the way that you ensure that the referees can't play a factor in what happens in That's these right. games, right? Like if you win all of these games by three touchdowns plus, which I get it, it's not realistic. But still, like you can take matters into your own hands to where there's not that one call late in the fourth quarter that's that you're right. pointing to as if, oh, dude, the refs got it wrong and they are intentionally trying to screw Texas and that cost us the game and that cost us a berth in the Big 12 title game. Like, yeah, that, there's a way to prevent that. You can take matters into your own hands to where the zebras aren't the biggest factors here. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be – Sark is going to have to be on top of this because, I mean, if I'm Sark, I would have wrote a letter. I would have been on the phone to the – commissioner of the, of the big 12 and everybody and every other school in the conference and saying, this is how you guys are going to behave on, on our way out. All the money we put into the big 12 and how we held this big 12 up for the last 20 years that you're going to do this. This is, this is what we're going to get from your, your commissioner. By the way, we're still in your conference. This is still our conference. I mean, this is, this is how you do business. I don't like it. I, that's, 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 that's more of a directive than anything to me. Yeah, and CDC has come out publicly and said this a few times over the last few years, really over his entire tenure in Austin. It's embraced the hate. I mean, people have always hated Texas. Like, this is not something that just popped up once Texas said they were going to the SEC. Like, anybody who's followed this program, anybody who's a Longhorn fan knows that everybody that isn't Texas hates Texas. I always say they hate us because they ain't us. Like, that's that's where it is right now. So, yeah, the hate is absolutely there, and it's it's going to go up to a whole nother level. But Chris Del Conte basically said embrace the hate. Embrace the hate. Like, it's coming. Okay, whatever. Just shut people up. Go out there and play. Go out there and win and make people cry as they're walking back to their cars as you that's walk exactly, out of their place that's the part the I, That's the part I feel like you have to do. Yeah, you can't you can't deny this. Like it's out there now. It's publicly out there. What this league is going to try to do to you this year? Okay, there's your bulletin board material, Sark. Use yeah. this. And, and I hope Christo Conti was the first guy on the phone after those statements to that dude. No, to your mark or to oh, yeah. Sark? Oh yeah, to to your mark, or maybe Sark first and then your mark. This is what they're saying about us on the way out. You know, yeah. after all the leadership that we've done in the Big Twelve and this conference has grown, that's why you're not the Pac-12, by the way. 
because of because of the University of Texas and Oklahoma. That's why this conference is not the Pac-12, or they would be the Pac-12 a long, long time ago. Man, I never root for Oklahoma, but I think I'm rooting for Oklahoma. Oh, you want that championship game. You want those two in the championship game now. I want Texas and Oklahoma. Obviously, I care about Texas way more than I care about Oklahoma, right? Just give me Texas versus anybody. But to me, a perfect end to this storyline would be the Longhorns and Sooners having that rematch in the Big 12 championship game. Now, hopefully this one goes a little bit differently than 2018 did. Hopefully Texas can go 2-0 and against the Sooners instead of 1-1 and like they did a few years back. But, oh, man, how great would that be? The ultimate Tom Herman double bird to Brett Yormark and the rest of the schools in this conference if you can get Texas and OU on their way out the door playing for the conference championship game. That is the Big 12's worst nightmare. That is a, a wet dream, I think, for me oh, right now. But I can just even imagine. I mean, I can. I mean, the other coaches in the Big 12 are probably going, damn, we didn't need them to get mad. What we did need for Texas to see this and then start to get pissed at us now. Hey, thanks, commissioner. The coaches are saying, hey, thanks a lot. Mm. We appreciate that. We had this. We had this group half asleep, and now you've waking them up. Why? Why would you do? Why would you do that? Yeah, the hope is Texas didn't need anything like this, right? They should have enough motivation uh, to get the job done this year. I mean, hell, even if they weren't leaving this conference, like this, this is the right. best opportunity Texas has to win this league in a while. So hopefully, the motivation was already there. And it sounds like just based on the stories we've heard in the off season, like the mindset of this team is in a really, really good spot and guys know what they have to do and guys know the opportunity that's in front of them going into 2023. But yeah, maybe this is that little extra boost, that little extra fire under the ass to, uh, to really oh, get yeah. these guys going and be on a mission to, to win this league. I'd be practicing a little bit different no matter what. I mean, even for the year or the fact that you were leaving this conference, but after hearing that my practice, I just upped my game right now and the coaches ought to be able to up their game too. And when they talk to the players, they, they've got to be talking championship talk. They really, really do. I know you got to take them one at a time, but this, be, this ought to be championship talk throughout this entire football season once you get to conference play. This is all about winning the championship. By the way, this is, as you say, it's all about getting to the national championship, being a part of that race too, if you won't only lose one. Well, I don't think I don't think Texas is going to be a part of the national championship hunt, but hey, hopefully they are. I mean, obviously the narrative will change if they go find a win in Tuscaloosa on September 9th. Then all of a sudden you might get a little carried away like George Strait and start thinking that eh, maybe this team does have a shot to make it yeah. to the final four this year. But for me, conference championship, man. Absolutely. Win the conference championship. That would be just awesome for so many different reasons. And I can't believe I'm going to be rooting for OU to win games, certain games this year. Are you rooting for them too? Are you going to be like me? I have to. I have to. I have to. I want these two. I want it from the beginning. I said Texas and Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game would be the best thing to happen to both schools on the way out of this, leaving this group because it's going to get nasty. But I didn't think it was going to be nasty from that dude. I thought that dude Hmm. had a little something to him. Well, I, I know he's fired up for the for his conference, and he's stuck in there and done some nice things for him, but that was unnecessary. Yeah. It, re- it really, really was from a leader. That's that's. There's no reason to do that. Now, let me ask you this, because you brought something up a couple of minutes ago that I think is worth circling back to. Uh, when you were a coach 
on the conference championship teams that you were a part of at Texas in the 90s. You know, what what was the conversation like? Were you guys open about wanting to win the conference title? Like, I, I know every coach drops the cliche, like, oh, we, we take it one game at a time, right? We're not worried about the season. We're not worried about winning this. We're just focused on this game this week against this opponent. Were you guys openly discussing, like, no, like, here's what we need to do this year, and then as the season was progressing, here's what we have the opportunity to do? It was more of the opportunity to do as the season progressed with us. It was not like in the beginning. Uh, that's one of your goals. One of your goals is to have a winning season. You know, the next one is to be in position to play for a conference championship. And, you know, everything else just kind of rolls into it. But it, it, it never was one of those things. In the, It's one of your goals. And that's goal setting for, you know, your conference championship is the first and, you know, the most important thing. But having a winning season, getting to a bowl game is always the number one deal. Having a winning season. You don't want to be on the losing end. You want to have a winning season, period. And then from that point on, then you start getting goals like, you know, how do we get to the conference championship? What are we going to do? Can we win a ch- conference championship? But that kind of grew as the season went on. That's yeah. the way that was. But but that was one of your goals. That's one of your three or four goals uh, before your season starts is to win your conference championship. Sure. Or, or to me, to at least be in the game. Because as I said, anything happens in the game, just get me there. Just give me a, a spot where I can get there and the opportunity to get there. And that's fine. But as I said, it's a goal, but it's built towards when you're into the season and you really, really get going. Winning yep. season always comes first. Have God. a winning football season. I know. It's sad that we even have to have that discussion. I know. The University but it, of it, Texas. I know. It, it's not what saves. It's not, around here, it's not what saves jobs. But you as a coach and you as a player, you want to have a winning season. You don't, yep. you don't want to have a losing season. Yep. That's Mike Tomlin. He finds a way to do it every year. Somehow, some way, when his group stinks in Pittsburgh, that guy has had a winning season since he's been a head coach. Which You're is right. amazing. Yeah, it is. It really is an amazing statistic that uh, we'll see if he can keep up for another season. Uh, all right, Buck, let's we'll get back into this stuff. Uh, yeah, I do want to shift shift gears and, and talk a little bit about Alabama because I had an interesting conversation with a radio host in Tuscaloosa yesterday. I'm actually going to post that video on Saturday. So it's a nice, hey, we're two weeks away from Texas, Bama. Uh, here's a little preview of what to expect from the Crimson Tide in that game, but also this season. But he did say something that I think is is worth talking about here yeah, today. No, no doubt about it. Hey, BK, on this buck off and buck on Thursday, by the way, big buck on to one Bill Little. The mm. passing of Bill Little last Friday. I will miss him. I miss that smile of Bill Little's and all the things that he had to say. There were nothing but kind things about anybody that he came around. And I know the university will miss him. His family's going to miss him. But um, I miss seeing that mug of Bill Little, 81 years young. Yeah. As, as the folks are saying, are you sure that guy was just 81? Yes, that was his. that's his age, 81 years old as he passed away last Friday. Big buck on to Bill Little and his family. Okay, you're bucking on Bill Little, not bucking That's on the passing of Bill Little. I just no, want to make I'm sure. bucking on Bill Little. Okay, yeah, 50 years of service to the University yes, of Texas, man. Great years. A true Longhorn legend. Sometimes we throw that phrase around a little willy-nilly, but oh, that guy embodies everything it means to be yes, a great Longhorn. So, uh, yeah, thoughts and prayers, continued thoughts and prayers to uh, the family and close friends of Bill Little, a uh, guy who meant a lot to a lot of different people. All right, Buck, before we shift gears, let's uh, let's give some love to a few of our sponsors. Audio visual consultations. They were at my place yesterday. Come on, man. I've, I, it sucks because, like, 
it doesn't suck. I'm happy to be in Galveston. I'm speaking at a uh, Texas X's luncheon for the Galveston chapter here in a couple of hours. So really looking forward to that. Happy to be here. But like they install the four TVs, the guys at AV consultations leave, and then I've got to skip town. So I didn't get to enjoy my four TV setup, but I will this weekend when college football is back. I'm excited about my setup, and I know you're excited about what you got, too. You know, you've got some NFL tonight, as a matter of fact. I don't know if you're going to get back in time for that, but you should. Audiovisual Consultation is one of the largest dealers of most television and audio brands. They've got all the hottest items in stock. Once again, Tom's got it in stock just for you. So don't try it. It's yourself and put the big holes in the walls. Let them come and bring all the mounts and the TVs and the Sonos system just for you. Don't, don't do this. Don't don't wreck the family room because you think that you can get it done there, Pops. Leave it alone. Let Tom do it. Not only does he have it in stock, he's got the hardest to find and smart TVs, Sonos audio equipment. And these folks over there at Audiovisual Consultations, they are not going to raise the price on you. They're not going to jack up things just because they've got it in stock like a lot of others have. Audiovisual Consultations, 512-255-8678. Or catch them online at abconsultations.com. And we've got a recorded AV Consultations commercial we're going to play in the 9 o'clock hour today. Yeah, our first recorded spot here on Texas Sports. Oh, that means the daughter's back in town. Yep, the kid is back in town, and she's a part of it too, and it's pretty funny. So, uh, yeah, keep it locked into Texas Sports Unfiltered to get to hear that. And uh, shout-out to our friends at SentexTickets.com. Bucky, I know you're going to see your boy Shelby a little bit later today. If you're looking for tickets to Longhorn Games – Texas Tech games, Aggie games, Baylor games, OU games. It doesn't matter. Whoever you root for, they've got your college football tickets on site at SentexTickets.com. And, of course, it's not just college football. The NFL, Major League Baseball, the NBA, Formula One coming to Austin in a couple of months. They've got you covered. Concert tickets, Broadway shows, Austin City Limits Music Festival. It's all there on site all of the time. Every ticket 100% guaranteed. Check them out over there at SentexTickets.com. Calm. Love those folks. Love, Love Shelby and the gang folks. over there. I asked him about T Swizzle. Is she still touring? He says she is still going to keep on trying to keep going. I said, Can you get tickets for me for my for my pen pal? He said, Those are hard to come by. <laughs> she goes, I don't know if your if, if your new show is making that kind of money right now. I'm like, what? They're that that pricey? He said, but he could get them done. But I think she may have been chilling down. I think she's coming towards the end of her. He goes, I don't know why. She's making more money than any entertainment in the business right now. Well, she is your pin pal. Why do you have to ask Shelby for those tickets? Can't you just write T-Swizzle a letter and, and get in there? Now, listen, this, that was a while back that we wrote letters to each other. I, I know once you write a letter to me, you'll never forget. You know, once you go buck, you never stop pin paling him. So we'll see. Maybe, <laughs> that's maybe, not, maybe. that's <laughs> not an expression. That's not. Are you sure? <laughs> Once you go buck, you never stop pin palling him. Are you That's the best me? you could do. Are you kidding me? Oh, man. I, I, uh, can find, I can find a couple ducats I get from T-Swizzle to go to one of her concerts. Once you go buck, you never go again, back. I wouldn't go to one of her concerts. Thank you very much. No, no. too many screaming girls no. out at that place. You, uh-uh. You'll need a bunch of Advil to, to get no, you through thanks. half of that thing. Uh, how about CB with this question? Do you still write OBJ? Yeah, didn't you write Odell Beckham Jr. a handwritten letter at some I point? I most certainly did. I said, hey, listen, you're too good of a football player. And this was probably about five or six years ago. I said, you're too good of a football player uh, to, to put on the act that you're acting. You'll be a Hall of Famer someday if you can just chill out. Well, knee injury later. Hey, championship ring, right? 
he's got a championship with the Rams. Does he not? You're right. He does. So he's, I mean, and he's kind of cooled out a little bit. He's not, well, if you're, if you've been banged up and you're looking for a place to go and you finally have found one, there's not much to all that um, bravado that you've given before. It's like, thank goodness I got a job. So uh-huh. he's kind of chilled out. Yeah. I wrote him a handwritten letter. I never got a response. I'm about the handwritten letter. You know what I'm saying? No response though, huh? No, no response. So None Taylor Swift perfect. responded, but uh, Odell Beckham Jr. did not. He's way too good for me. Yeah, I don't know if he's chilled out. The only reason we haven't heard from him is because he's been hurt. I still yes. think when he does get on the field this season for Baltimore, he's going to be the same OBJ. They obviously hope he's still the same receiver he was for all of those years with the Giants and obviously was really, really good for the Rams team in their playoff run before he got hurt in the Super Bowl. But um yeah, now they're they're hoping for big things out of him this year. Obviously, Baltimore is an interesting team in the AFC. All right, Buck, Alabama. They are ranked number four in the AP preseason top 25. And if that sounds low for a Nick Saban team, it's because it is low for a Nick Saban coach team. This is the lowest the Crimson Tide have been ranked in a preseason poll since 2009. Now, unfortunately, we as Texas fans all remember how that 09 season ended, but you've got to go back almost 15 years to the last time Alabama started this low. They were ranked number five going into that preseason. Obviously, it culminated in a uh, national championship for them. They are ranked number four. It is weird to see any number not number one, honestly. Or, two, or number one or two, yes. But yeah, when the poll came out, it's like, okay, of course, Georgia's going to be number one. They've won two titles in a row. No surprise there. But like I'm not used to looking that far down the computer screen to find Alabama's name and logo. They are number four going into the season. And I had a conversation with Ryan Fowler, a good buddy of mine who does radio in Tuscaloosa. Once again, I'm going to post that video to this channel on Saturday, uh, two weeks out from that Texas-Bama game. Be checking that one out for sure. I'll tweet out a link on Saturday when I do post that. But he said, man, the ranking is warranted. This Alabama team, according to Ryan Fowler, has more questions than any Alabama team that he can remember and it all starts at the quarterback position like they don't have that thing figured out right now and Nick Saban had a press conference yesterday Buck and apparently he said yeah no whoever wins the job it doesn't mean they're going to be the starter for this team all year so they might have a if you have two quarterbacks you have none type of situation which they don't have at Alabama that often right I mean it it sounds like a group that doesn't have a he's not real confident in any of them I mean and when you start talking about, well, that may not be the only quarterback we we start. In other words, we're going to give this one a couple games. If he sucks, we're going to go to the next guy. We're not waiting. We're not waiting, you know, three or four games down the line. You know, even when we get to conference play in the SEC to find out who our quarterback is, we're going to be moving guys all around the place. And it sounds like they're going to be moving them early. And it could be as close to, I mean, as soon as game number two, when they play the Texas Longhorns, we're Whoever starts in that game, if they struggle that following week, there may be a new guy coming in. Oh, I don't think they're going to wait. There may, be a, the new, there may be a new guy. There may be a new guy coming in in the you know during the course of that game. Yeah, I mean they've got three guys fighting for the job right now. You might see all three of them in that Texas game, right? Like if things aren't going well for whoever Alabama throws out there to start that game, uh, I don't think Nick Saban is going to be long with the leash, right? Like I think he'll be quick to pull oh, the no. trigger and make a move because, look, it's it's college football, man. Like he knows how important every game is. He wants to win a national championship this year, and he knows he's playing in the toughest conference in the sport. 
and he can't afford a non-conference loss because wait, once you lose two, you're out. Like even Alabama, with their pedigree and history, they've never made it to the college football playoff with two losses. Nobody's made it to the college football playoff with two losses. So he does not want that early season slip up to where he's got no margin for error once he gets into SEC play. If whoever they throw out there to start that game ain't getting the job done, He's going to make the move. Simple as yeah. that. And, and for his legacy, I mean, he's the greatest college coach of all time. But he can't afford to lose to Texas in week number two on, from a Texas team that's still, by the way, uh, Commissioner Yormark, is still in the Big 12. He can't <laughs> afford to lose to a Big 12 team on their way out in game number two. He can't do – I mean, a group that's coming into his league and in the Big 12, he can't afford to lose to Texas in week number two. That will put an incredible amount of pressure on Nick Saban. Yeah. It really, really will because I, I just don't that, – that's a supposed to be win game, even though it was close last year. In Tuscaloosa, that's supposed to be a win for Nick Saban. Yeah. He's not happy that that game in Austin was close last year, oh, no. right? I mean, Bama oh, no. was more than a two-touchdown favorite in Austin. And... He had to give out too many kudos. He had to talk about how great Texas was, how great the fans were. He didn't want to do that. He wanted no. to come in here, smash Texas, move along, and say, hey, we'll see you the following year when you are Mississippi, Mississippi State, or whoever you are, South Carolina, when you join us. That, that was way too close for him. And yep. he ended up having to say too many nice things about the University of Texas. Yep. And Texas. Knows, yeah, he's a, his, yeah, he's a historian. He understands about, you know, what's going on in the history of Texas football. He did not want to do that last year, but he had to. Right, right. And Texas is better this year, and I think Alabama's a little bit worse this year. Now, Bama's yeah. still a seven-point favorite. I, I would still pick them to win – as we sit uh, two weeks and two days away from kickoff of that matchup in Tuscaloosa. But, man, I, I think this one could be interesting for all four quarters. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge game for both teams, Buck. Like, obviously for Alabama, look, that'd be a quality win. Say what you will about Texas. We know what Texas has been over the last 12, 13 years. But still, this is a Texas team that's ranked just outside of the top 10. Maybe there's right. a chance they are in the top 10 going into week two. That'd be a big-time win and kind of a – you know, a little bit of a statement to the college football world. Like, hey, no, we're not rebuilding this year, dude. We, we're Alabama. We don't rebuild. We just reload, and we're going to be fine, and we're still a force, and we still have a damn good shot to make it to the college football playoff this year. It's a big game for them, too. Obviously, yes. for Texas, trying to just get back on track and prove to the college football world that, well, a couple of different things. Number one, we're not in trouble when we make the move to the SEC. And number two, we're, we're a problem this year. Like, not a lot of teams right. can go into Tuscaloosa and win a football game, especially in the non-con. Like, Nick Saban's record at home against non-conference opponents is damn near perfect. So, Texas can send major, major messages, plural, to uh, the college football world if they somehow, some way, find a way to get that W. And this is a win, is a win, is a win for both teams. For Alabama, it'll be the same thing. It won't be about point spreads. It's, it'll be about hitting a winning field goal to win for Texas. It'll be about the same. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what the score is as long as you have more points than your opponent in that game. That's what that game is going to come out to because that, no matter what, you can say we won the game. Not like Texas or we were close. You know, the, the Heisman Trophy winner had an unbelievable drive. It took that guy to win the football game and to tell the rest of the coaches, get out of the way. I'll, I'll take over here. I'll win the game for you. It, it won't matter. A win will be a win for both coaches in that football game. Nick Saban will feel the same thing. He'll feel like he won by 10 touchdowns if he just wins that game in Tuscaloosa, I believe, because he knows how close it was last year. He understands that he'll be playing against a team that's only getting better. That's with a quarterback that if it would have stayed healthy in that game, who knows what could have happened in that football game right here in Austin, Texas. So 
he'll get through that game and he'll feel really good about his football team. Now, he may be changing up quarterbacks during the course of that game or have a new quarterback the following week, but he wants to get away with a, a win in game number two. And Sark would just die for a win. Yeah, I mean, he'll give one of the fingers away on his on his hand for that win. It doesn't matter. This this football program needs that win in Tuscaloosa yeah, for the rest true. of the season to leave to leave this godforsaken stinking ass Big Twelve with their commissioner <laughs> talking all kinds of shit on the way out. That's bull. I mean, just trounce the rest of this conference. Whatever you do against Alabama, you win, you lose. Just trounce the rest of this conference. TCU's of the world. Baylor's of the world, just hammer them. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather win a Big 12 than win that game in Tuscaloosa, right? For like, sure. Obviously, I want to win both. You know, I want to have my cake and eat it too. But if I have to pick between I'll take those a conference two. championship or in a championship game, give me an opportunity to win a championship. <laughs> you do whatever you have to do because you're not going on. I don't think you're going undefeated. I don't think this team has all, all the positions down to do that. I mean, they're still struggling to move the ball on offense and dadgum summer practice. You know, we're yeah. hearing about these scrimmages and the defense dominating and getting four turnovers. You're not getting – or you turn the ball over against Alabama three times, you're not winning. If you turn it over twice, I don't think you're winning. I'm like, just trying to give them that extra one, sort of like I'm hedging on my bet of of them winning just <laughs> every game except for one. Man, you're fired up this morning, man. The load management day did you good. You're back. You're ready to roll. And it, it sounds like you're ready to go like five rounds in the octagon with Brett Yormark. I just don't understand a why a guy in that position would do that. That's – just not I, – I know you're fighting for your conference, but you've been fighting for it since you got here and you've done some really good things. That's not a good thing. That doesn't make that, – that puts all your coaches on edge. That puts the rest of your conference, not only Texas and Oklahoma, but that puts all these other dudes on edge that have to play Texas. That puts Kansas, K-State. Now they're going, hey, hey, commissioner, thanks a lot. We look at that team. We know what they have on their football team. We know last year – they got a little bit better, but guess what? We don't need them to get a little bit better again because you got to, because you need to say something at the podium. You need to say something silly when you didn't have to do that. You're gonna say you could, all you had to do is say you know this. These two teams have been really good for our conference. They're moving on, but we still have to move on ourselves. And you know this whole basketball thing. This is one of the best, if not the best, conference in college basketball. I mean, what are they gonna say then? I mean, it, it's just. It's just something that didn't need to be said, I don't think. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Do you think you could take Brett Yormark in a fight? I just looked up his height. He's five foot nine, which is like what, six, seven inches taller than you? No, that puts him right on the same year, but I'm three quarters. Is he that extra? Is he just if he's just five nine, then I'm gonna I'm gonna be slightly taller than he is. The tail of the tape. I'm seeing five nine one sixty three listed on the internet for Brett Yormark. He's heavier than I am. I go about one fifty seven on a good day. What yeah, about the I don't reach? Like, How's your reach? Who's got the reach advantage here? I've got one right. My right arm's kind of short because of my bad back. So my right arm's a little bit short. Numerous surgeries on dislocations, but I'm a scrapper. <laughs> I'll tell you all, I'm a scrapper. I fight to the death. I go down, I go down with bottles, canes, rocks. I don't fight fair. I'm like one of the, I'm like one of the, I'm like a chimpanzee. I mean, I'll go to the gonads. I go for, I'm winning. You're gonna to shit win. and then throw shit at Brett Yormark like oh, a chimpanzee. Oh no, man, that's no. what they do, isn't it? I go for the testicles. I go for all that stuff. There's no fair. There's but there's no fairness in a fight. He may lose uh. an ear. That dude could lose an ear or the tip of his nose. 
I don't play games. So we're not doing we're not doing UFC rules or boxing rules here. We're doing like a, a no holds barred cage match type of deal. I don't play. I didn't go to recess because I don't play as a kid. I don't play. This is for Keith. <laughs> if I'm going to the point of I'm going to have to fight that dude, it's, we're going all the way. Absolutely. You didn't go to recess as a kid because I don't play. Oh I don't play. God. That's why you were a coach, huh? You're not. You don't play. You're a coach instead. That's right. Oh my God, that is incredible. Yeah, I'm taking Brett Yormark in that fight. I don't understand how you could take that guy. How old is he? Not as old as you are. He's 63. He's old as dirt. I don't think he's had as many knees or hips or elbows replaced like you have. Dude, I'll give him a couple elbows to the side of his noggin. That's it. Brett Yormark is 56. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little different. Than, that's a little different than that sixty-three number I thought I heard you say. Yeah, those seven years uh, make a little bit of a difference, huh? Yeah. Well, that uh, extra that yeah. Brett Yormark's like minus five hundred in this fight, I think. What? Yeah, he's the big favorite, dude. He's he's got a few years on you. Yeah, but you know what he doesn't have? He doesn't have this guy. <laughs> I mean, you got this guy right here on your side when the captains are on your side. Thus, you know, the Yankees did win. As I called upon the captain last night to bring us forward, you saw yeah. that. Congrats. You, you've called upon Jeter like 10 times since this show started, and I think that's the Yankees' first win since this show started. You guys are now 1-9 and nine in your last 10. Congratulations, Buck. Yeah, we're trying to move up. We're, we're coming after the Rangers fans. We're almost yeah. there. See you in the playoffs. Oh, no, 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 we won't. <laughs> no one's going to see you in the playoffs this year. You guys suck. Hey, guess who just appeared onto the screen, everyone? Doc Trey, what's happening, man? As your doctor, I don't advise you to get into that fight. I've stood next to and spoken with Brett Yormark. The odds for this fight aren't even on the board. It's so one-sided. Oh. You see that pasty-looking dude? That dude is corporate. <laughs> he can't handle me. I'm not a corporate guy. He's in good shape, and he would wipe the floor with you. Did you see what I did? You hear about what I did to that road runner on the golf course that broke his leg? Then the ball hit him and he hurt himself, and I had to put him out of his misery with a nine iron. A road runner got no chance. That's a road runner. That's a small animal. You're talking about a human being here, dude. You're you're bragging about being able to fight an already injured road runner. I did the humane thing for that road runner. And I'll do the same thing for your mark because the way he's talking, you need somebody to put him out of his misery for sure. That guy, oh, you're, you're, gonna, you're threatening to kill the guy now. No, he's out of his mind. Why is he talking like that? What's wrong oh, with him? Man. He's uh hey, our guy Jason in the comments says he's a great marketer and promoter. Look, he's got people talking about the Big 12, man. He really he does. does. I said he's done some fine things. I, I there's no denying what he's done no. since he's come into this conference, besides that other dude that was leading the way the guy would make me fall asleep at media days give oh. me a little rest but this guy's this guy's this guy's got it going on he does but that those statements the other day became unnecessary yeah yeah unnecessary yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll get back into that in the nine o'clock hour uh plenty of longhorn football conversation plus what urban meyer yes that urban meyer had to say about texas going into the 2023 season Was he trying to get the texas job again mm. i mean I mean, he only lasts so long every job he goes to these days. So what is he? He's looking for the Texas job again. He's trying to put the whammy on Sark. 
So yeah, he'll be next in line. He didn't make it long enough in Jacksonville to uh, fake those migraines like he usually does. Like he just <laughs> flat out got fired <laughs> before the end of his first season. That thing was a disaster. What oh. a clown. All right. This is a, a Texas fans. Don't ever, ever get that desperate. Whatever you do, don't get that desperate to hire that guy. I mean, I, I, we wanted him a few years ago. You of know that. Yeah, you know, when Tom Herman was on his way out the door, I, I think Texas would have hired Urban Meyer if he would have taken this job, but he decided to try his hand at the NFL, and it was an awful decision for him. Awful Man. decision for him. We've got an interesting story that we need to get to, Buck. I, I feel like, um, look, I know you're happily married right now. Yes, very happy. If, you know, if something happened and you were maybe looking for somebody else, I, I, I found five women who might be – up to your speed all right i think you're gonna like what uh these women did in florida over the weekend oh no five of them yeah it's not just florida woman it's florida women oh no yeah we've got five of them here is the headline florida brawl erupts at chicken wing restaurant after women intentionally clog toilet here are the details Five women intentionally clogged the toilet inside a Florida chicken wing restaurant over the weekend, igniting a brawl between the group and employees, police said. The incident began around 9 p.m. Saturday at Papa B's in Longwood, which is a suburb of Orlando. A supervisor told authorities that the women stuffed a restroom toilet with wads of toilet paper. The women were blamed because they were the only customers inside the restaurant. An employee cleaned the bathroom. However, one of the women went inside the bathroom afterward, and the toilet was stuffed with toilet paper again, according to an arrest report out in Florida. The restaurant supervisor then told the women they needed to leave since it was almost closing time. The supervisor then found out the toilet was clogged again, and then the group of women became irate and began yelling. When they were told to leave, one of the women punched the supervisor in the face, and the other women began Kicking, punching, pulling hair, and throwing things, according to authorities. So, Buck, are you in on these five toilet-clogging, fighting women, and do you think you could take them in a fight to the Near death? Near Orlando? What, do they just stick a Mickey Mouse ear in the toilet? Come on. Get the hell out of my restaurant. Here's a picture of the well, five. I don't know. Notorious. I don't know, man. That that'd be kind of <laughs> you in on those? I don't want to fight them. Be afraid. Mm. What about once again? Things don't work out with your wife. You got no. five options right here. Any of them uh, suit your fancy? No. <laughs> you no, they, like look, this? they look mad right there. That's that may be just a family photo. Girls, that, girls' night out. You never know. Yeah. Well, uh, is that what uh, is that what girls do at girls' night out? They go to chicken wing restaurants and intentionally clog toilets there. That's why I don't touch the chicken. That's why you don't touch the chicken. See what happens. See, that's why I don't go to public bathrooms right there. You you know I've got like the fear of public bathrooms, right? You, you remember this? Oh no, I I'm the porta potty king, so I'll drop my can anywhere if I got to go. Yeah, we know that. You you got kicked <laughs> out of your own high school at your 50-year high school reunion and had to use the porta potty outside cuz some lawn worker said you couldn't go in. Come on. I'm going to I'm we're going to have to have a discussion about that when I get back to Bethlehem. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm going to have to have, they're going to have to give me a key. I'm on the, I'm on the wall of fame in there. No, not anymore. You've been, you, you once, once you got uh, subjected to a porta pot outside of the That's school, it. they remove you from the wall of fame right well, there. Let me tell you, the blue wave was in there and it was smooth. The wave was going nice. There was nothing. There was nothing. It was like Galveston Beach there. I mean, it was beautiful. It was just beautiful blue waves. Come on, man. Dude, Port A. There's no, Port a. there's no blue in the Galveston water. There's nothing out so, of Port A that tells me it's just no. Maybe Port A, but if you're comparing that porta potty to Galveston, then that was a disgusting <laughs> porta potty that you went in. There was no whatever this blue wave shit that you're talking about is. That doesn't exist in Galveston. It's the brown wave down here. <laughs> the All the time. brown wave, huh? All the time. Yeah, dude, I like, oh, man, I've got this this fear. I think it's rational, but a lot of people say it's irrational. I just hate deucing at public places. I'm like, my throne at home, wherever I live, that's where I need to be to handle my business. My right. last job in Houston, I worked there for two years down at ESPN, hosting afternoon drives there. Are you going to tell me you never went to the bathroom in your facility there? One time. Uh-oh, that was the emergency one. One snuck <laughs> was, up on you. It wasn't even during work hours. We had an event downtown, the Lombardi Awards, which is a, a big college football award that they give out to the best uh, interior linemen in the sport every year. Okay. And they host it in Houston every year. And we did our radio show there. We interviewed a couple of people, Kenyon Green from AM, Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa, uh, Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan, who won the award, and then Mike Rose, who uh, was the linebacker from Iowa State. I think Texas fans remember him really well. Justin like Rose in there forever. No, not not Justin Rose, not Rosie, uh, and Rosie? not the idiot kicker Nick Rose either. <laughs> not that jabroni. But but yeah, it was an event downtown, and God, I, I was leaving the event when it was over, and then it just started hitting me. And there was a Rockets game last night. We were right by Toyota Center where the Rockets play. And, and the Rockets have been so bad, nobody goes to the games anymore. Like, it's usually empty there. You usually don't have to worry about traffic leaving that place at all, even if there is a game. But that was when James Harden was back uh, with Brooklyn. So, you know, Rockets fans were showing up in numbers, of course. It was like the only sellout of the year that year. And the game was just ending as I was trying to leave. So I had to... You know, I was trying to make it home, but I couldn't. Traffic was so bad, and the only place I could get to was the uh, the radio station. It's on the way home, and I did my business there. That was the only time in two years that I that I used the uh, the radio station bathroom, and I'm not proud of it, man. Yeah, if I could just summon up a couple of those, I the old the station I just got through working for, which they retired me out of or fired me or whatever. I like to go in there and drop about 15 deuces in that thing. Toilet paper and all, whatever. I'll stick a shoe in that son of a gun now. You should have done the upper decker. You know what that is? No, I do not. That's where you take the lid, you know, off the back of the toilet and you do your business up there. Dude, that is so <laughs> why why is it like I mean, see these five ladies, they go and do that to a bathroom. Why is it that men are taught can talk bathrooms all day stuff? Women don't oh, yeah. talk about that. They won't talk bad. No, instead they clog toilets with toilet paper at chicken wing restaurants. Is that better than what we're doing right now? <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? This is a girl's night out. They What they happened clog- that, that they got so upset? They did it multiple times, Buck. They did it once. Someone came in and cleaned it out, and then they did it again. 
Man, those and then they started bad. fighting people. And apparently, I told you, they started, uh, you know, whipping up on the supervisor, they punching her in the ass, face. Huh? And then well, and one of the other employees tried to help out the supervisor. And then one of the women slapped her and began to throw chairs. So it's not just throwing... about Florida men. It's about Florida women. Oh, Florida women are, are all over it, too. Yeah, Trey and I had a story about Florida woman a couple of weeks ago where uh, what she she killed her like 79 year old roommate, which I think is around your age. She's like a woman in her thirties killed a 79 year old roommate and then just walked away and had the knife on her in broad daylight. Yeah. Didn't get those dishes done. Did you mister? <laughs> yeah. Florida. She also, tried, she also tried to wash the blood off with diet Mountain Dew when she got <laughs> by police. Oh yeah. I forgot about that detail. Yeah. She tried to, get rid of the evidence on her body by pouring diet Mountain Dew all over herself right in front of the cops. That's straight up Coca-Cola. That gets rid of everything. Yeah, Outside I guess. Mountain Dew. Mountain oh, Dew. Yeah. Oh, Coke is what works. You know this? I, yes. With blood. Yeah. Get rid of blood with Coca-Cola. Regular Coke. Not diet Coke. Regular Coca-Cola. How it do all you works. know this? Hey, help me with these groceries there. Get them in the back of this car. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the HEV baggers, huh? Come on, man. That's how you disposed of them, and then you disposed <laughs> of the, of the DNA? Body. Come on, man. That gets uh, rid of DNA, all of that. Coca-Cola gets rid of DNA for sure. Oh, my Wow, what God. a sad group. So there's your, your Florida story. You've never done something like that? That wasn't a prank that you pulled back in the no, day? I don't – I don't – you know what? I don't stay in bathrooms very long. I'm not a bathroom person. You know, people that go in, you know, you, you hear about the stories of guy at his home with his magazine or his Sunday paper. I don't do that. There's business to be done in a bathroom. And when that business is over with, I'm gone. So no cell I'm, phone, no newspaper, nothing. No, you're in no, and you're out. No, no. I just, you know, I'm, I have this thing about porta potties, not porta potties, but if, if a urinal, somebody's next to me, I do talk to them. That's a bad I ask day. them, how's your day? How's your day? I mean, I, I don't just go there and whiz. If somebody's beside me, you know, long thing in between us, if you know what I mean, the the, the divider there, uh, I'll ask, hey, hey, how's your day going? You what check you his watch play? too? See what no, time I it don't, is? No, I don't look around. I don't look over the top. Head forward when talking. But I do talk. I mean, what's wrong that you can't have a discussion in a urinal? I always weird. found that weird when guys are taking – I mean – it's weird. What you're doing is weird. You're just supposed to go in there, take a leak, and get out. I mean, I don't see the guy. I mean, I don't see the guy for weeks. He comes in, he's there, and I go, "Hey, man, how you been?" And well, if it's will- somebody, if it's somebody you know, it's not as weird, right? Okay. If it's a friend, if it's a coworker, like if it's someone that you've got a relationship with, then all right, it's not as strange. But if it's just a random guy. Like if you're at a, a bar or a restaurant and there's a just random, a random, a random dude. Or a random guy that was a guy that wants to be a girl but still has some stuff. <laughs> still has some stuff. Yeah, hadn't got quite done with what they were trying to do. Well, they're probably going into the girls' bathroom if they're you know transgender and, and trying to be a woman or they yeah, are some, a woman. Some habits are hard to break that you're – some habits, it just takes a while to break that habit. <laughs> Pull up the dress and go. I mean, what am I supposed to do? Can I that's, have a conversation? That's a habit. That's oh, you have to deal with that habit. Pull up a dress and go. That's, no, I don't have to have that. You're, you're sure talking about it like you're no, speaking from experience what it, here. What if it happens? I can't have a discussion. Or like, how you doing? How's your day? Things to do. I see you got some things to do. You know, not yeah, quite nice, nice dress there, girl. What are, you, what are you doing in this bathroom? Get out of here. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, what is wrong with you? Yeah. I mean, okay. really. What about what's wrong with me? What's wrong with yeah. you? You're having conversations with dudes at the urinal. Let me talking at the John. Now, let me ask you this. When you're in a stall and there's someone in a stall next to you, are you chopping it up with them, too? No, I don't talk in there. That's business. To, that's real business to be done. I'm in and out of there. Don't want to be in there. Don't want to. I don't want anybody else's grunting going on. Just get mine out of the way and go. I don't I don't talk in there and I don't spread my feet extra wide to tap feet with people on the other side. So, no, that's a that's a definite head straight ahead. Get my business done. Let's get out. Wash your hands and get going. Mm, you're no. a grunter, though. huh? What are you, a women's tennis player in there? <laughs> Making all those weird sounds. I'm just trying to do my business, dude. No. But at the urinal, if I if I see and I recognize somebody, I'll just say, hey, man, what's up? How's your week been? Yeah. Oh, I'm doing fine here. Want to shake hands? No. You know that you don't, the, you don't course, ask that. No, no. The worst thing that's ever happened to me was at at the golf course when a guy came out of the woods and said, "Hey, Bucky," and he stuck his hands out to shake my hands. I know good and well where that guy was going, <laughs> what he had done. That was like that was the worst, and that caught me off guard so quickly. You know, uh. he didn't come out like like with ball in hand or balls in hand. He was going <laughs> to the bathroom by the tree. And he, he recognized me, came over, stuck his hand out to shake my hand. I shook his hand. And then quickly after I shook his hand, I like, I had like battle fatigue after. I'm like, oh no. Did I just, did that guy just do what I thought he did? And I just shook his hand. Because oh. I know he didn't have any towelettes, no towelettes in there with him. You didn't have any hand sanitizer with no, you? No, no, no. That oh. happened to me a, a while back. So I'm very, very weird about guys coming out of the woods. You shook his hands after he came out of the woods? shook his hand out to me, you know? You got to be like, dude, I, I know what you did in there. Don't sort of shake like the, my sort hand. Of like the Monday night, sort of like the Monday night football deal that happened the other night. Oh, hold on. We've got this one. Uh-oh. Before, oh, oh, yes, no. Uh-oh. When Bob Cole offers his hand, Bucky, you have to shake. Oh, oh. stop. No, I'm not shaking. No, I've learned about that. No shaking hands in bathrooms. None of that stuff. I'm no. putting my cuff around to open up doors in bathrooms. I'm doing all that stuff. There you, you know? go. But no I did that on a golf. I did that on a golf course. Somebody caught me off guard once. No handshakes like this, or maybe this one was like this. Yeah, I mean, you're no, you're no stranger. You're no stranger to uh, professional sports teams. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what it was? <laughs> a tiny little hand. Come on, shake my hand, will you do What about this comment from Jay Ward? Do you ever shake hands with someone under the stall? No, I don't. No, man. I don't bump knees. I don't bump feet. I don't tap feet. I don't do any of that. Stop that. I'm just telling you, if you're beside me at a urinal and I may know you or you're in the same building, I've seen your face, I'm going to have a conversation with you. That's just it. I will say hello. I will say good morning to you. And say how's your day, and that's it. I mean, I'm not. We're not. We're not talking about what happened with your two year old son and how you had to change the diaper or something. But I will have a conversation. I don't feel uncomfortable about that. Now, and I look straight ahead. I don't turn sideways, you know, and I don't look around the corner or any of that kind of stuff. I just have a conversation. That's all. Okay. Don't be doing that with random people, man. Just don't do it. Someone's gonna fight you or try to fight you for that. You're People don't like that. People don't like that. 
Yeah, there you, yeah, you're gonna get your mark here. Bathroom, that's right. Oh man, some good bathroom talk right here on Bucky and BK. That's what we do on this channel right here on Texas wow. Sports Unfiltered. And hey, keep subscribing, keep spreading the word. We're over 4,200 subscribers right now, um, and we're looking for 5,000. When we get to 5,000, we are going to have a massive, massive giveaway on this channel and we're going to be giving away all sorts of stuff right here on texas sports unfiltered so make it happen uh keep spreading the word please obviously the quicker we get to five thousand, the quicker y'all have a chance to win some of these prizes we're going to have some nice sunglasses to give away from parallel nice. eyewear we're going to have some tickets to texas and rice to give away we're going to have some gift cards to some of your favorite restaurants throughout the city to give away we're going to have some gear to give away uh, our man wags who works for ea is going to hook us up with a couple of new video games that we're going to be giving away as well, just to name a few of the great prizes that we're going to have on this channel when we get to 5K. So, How was Adam Wagner yesterday, as a matter of fact? How was that Marine? How's he doing? He's great, man. He, he uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, he came out hot. He was firing, like NBA jam on fire early That means that on. dude was cussing then. F-bombs was right. He was going in the foxhole again because I oh. still remember him in the tent when it was raining at one of our events when we were in radio. And and that guy saying, hey, Buck, we need to dig a trench so that the water will go around the tent and out the other way. I'm like, come on, soldier, back up there with you. I said, I don't. first of all, I don't have a shovel with me. I don't carry a shovel in my back pocket. One of your handy dandy shovels that you may do when you're, when, when you're out, you know, doing your thing. I said, I don't have a shovel. So I'm not, and I'm not digging no damn ditch around this tent. If it rains inside of here and the water gets in, it gets in. This dude wanted to have a trench around the tent. At Hornbash? Yes. Oh my God. He wanted to build a trench for us to crap in. You know, there were bathrooms inside like a hundred feet away that he could have used, right? He wanted to save those inside the tent so that the flooding didn't engulf the tent. And wash away like everything else that washed away during that godforsaken event. Oh my god, yeah. What a what a disaster that thing turned out to be. My goodness. Yeah, what we were talking about that being like an annual thing, and we did it what one time? Yeah. Two times? I think maybe twice. I, I wasn't even there the second time. I was there for the first time, and then the second time is when it all completely fell apart what a disaster that was uh all right so subscribe please and like this video if you haven't yet thank you guys so so much uh before we shift gears and uh, get to urban meyer's comments about this texas team in 2023 bucky you're in your relax the back chair loving it you're, you're back from your trip to fredericksburg you're back at your house and uh, yeah you're in your favorite chair in your house thanks to relax the back yeah no doubt about it you know i've been searching for the right support for years and nothing gave me the comfort my back needed, then I discovered Relax the Back. You know what? Live pain-free, soul. Now, folks, Relax the Back embraces a holistic approach for a healthier lifestyle. And, of course, my, their motto is Live Wellness. And right now, folks, they've got the chairs that you are looking for. They'll have some big sales coming up next week, of course. You want to be a part of those sales because you want a chair that's going to be with you for years. You don't want a chair that every year you're going to have to change the chair or like BK takes the chairs from the pool and eventually you're going to fall through the chairs. Your ass is going to come right through the back of that chair. So you want a chair that's going to give you all the support in the world, the comfort that your back deserves. I got it. I needed it. And thanks to the folks that relax the, relax the back. I've been doing this for over 20 years. I've been comfortable when I'm sitting down. And folks, 
I know Trey Elling is looking for a chair. He's looking for a stand-up unit, which whatever, get it. You can get it at Relax the Back, believe me. And, folks, they have two locations. They've got the Hill Country Gallery across from the Whole Foods in Austin. And, of course, at the Gateway Shopping Center across from the Container Store. Everybody knows where the Container Store up on 183. It's right across the street from there. Head over to Relax the Back. Ask Jason about all the wonderful chairs that he has. They've got, they've got recliners, too. Now, if you like to recline, which I can't even imagine me reclining in a chair, I will fall asleep in about two seconds. In a You're going to fall over, dude. You're not going to be able to get back up once you recline. Yeah. Once I'm down, I, I mean, I can sleep anywhere. And if I got one of those beautiful Relax the Back recliners, I don't know if I would be able to watch TV. I would go to sleep. These things are so – this leather is so unbelievable, VK. Once again, we got to get you over there because we need to get you out of uh, the lounge chair that you've been sleeping in, sitting in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've upgraded a little bit with the move to Austin, but I still don't have anything close to what you've got and what Trey's got. So I do need to uh, find my way into a relax the back store and make it happen very, very soon. I have found my way to a 7-Eleven since going yeah. back to Austin. I bet you shout have. Out, shout out to our guy, Ashish, who runs – Three 7-Elevens throughout the Austin area. The one down south on Monterey Oaks that we've been talking about for a while here on Texas Sports Unfiltered, but also the Lake Austin Boulevard location and 360 and B-Cave. That's right. All three of those great 7-Eleven locations are operated by our guy Ashish, who's a huge Longhorn fan and a huge fan of TSU as well. Go say what's up to him. More importantly, just go to any 7-Eleven. They are your go-to convenience store to fuel you through these red-hot summer months all throughout the state of Texas. That's right. They're in Austin. They're in the Metroplex. They're in Houston. There's bound to be a 7-Eleven near you. Get that pizza. I know you're a big pizza. Yeah, man, to, uh, pizza my buddy Tanner in the comment section, 7-Eleven pizza deserves some respect. They got the za. They've got the nachos. I love those nachos, man, with the cheese and chili dispensers. Oh, baby. Those taquitos on the rollers with a little Slurpee, a little Coke and cheese. your fingers off of those rollers. Don't no, touch the dogs. I'm raw dogging it, baby. No, do not touch those. Don't put your hands on those. Why not? No, use the little thingamajigums there. Uh, the little uh, little tongs that they've yeah. got there. Do not touch those with your hands. Keep yeah. your construction hands out of there. Yeah, so go, go see. worker guy. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of those in there. Go see 7-Eleven, get you whatever you need to fuel you up for the rest of the summer. And obviously for football season two, they've got – you covered you know bk when we were talking about the, the the alabama texas game you know the last scrimmage and as 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 we started to wind down and getting ready for game week this is an important week right here because if the defense is getting been you know getting the advantage over the offense i told you they will start setting up things so the offense starts to feel good about themselves this will be that week this is the week of making your offense have a little bit more confidence you know you don't want to get your offense just pulverized week in, week out in your tour days. You just don't want that to happen. It, it sounds like the, the, the battle has been won by defense uh, over the last two scrimmages, but now you can design some things that you can have some success against your defense. That's this week because the hitting is about to start to really taper back, if not already. You know, this is Thursday. This may be one of the last hitting days. This Saturday will probably be a dress rehearsal of what you were going to do the following Saturday. I mean, that's when you start doing your substitutions. You start talking about, hey, such and such has gone down. Who's the next guy in? Somebody's got to get up, get onto the field, you know, sudden change, interceptions, you know, fumbles or whatever that, that for the defense. 
The offense has to get right back on the field. These are, these are things that you have to take care of the week before. Saturday is a big day for the University of Texas. I don't know if they will, how much hitting they'll get to do, but I know this. They sure will be ready in preparation for that game the following week against Rice. Yeah, so the closer you get to the start of the season, the less contact you generally see well, yeah. at practice. And well, you don't need to get anybody hurt the week before. No, knock on wood. Trying to make it. Yeah, knock on wood. I mean, obviously the Longhorns have had a couple of injuries that we've talked about throughout the course of fall camp, but uh, they haven't had the major catastrophic injury right. yet. And hopefully there's not one that happens between now and the start of the season. Hell, hopefully there's not one that happens at all over the course of the season but yeah yeah you're so close to the year now the start of the year now that it'd be a shame if something happened to somebody so uh, i understand that logic right like not oh yeah not wanting to get anybody hurt maybe laying off the contact a little bit as you get closer and closer you still have to have contact the problem is you still have to because game time is coming up the, the the competition will be different but as we've talked about with this texas longhorn football team the talent that they have on it practices need to be hard so that when the game comes when you're playing a team like Rice, the practices have been harder than the game will be. Yeah, it's a fine line, right? Like it is. We, we've had a tackling epidemic in Austin way too often in recent years. So it's like, man, physicality has been an issue with this program a lot in the last 10, 12 seasons. So, you know, to make sure you're physical enough, to make sure you're not missing a bunch of tackles like you have in the past, you need to work on tackling in practice, not only in the last week of the preseason, right. but also – in game weeks too, over the course of the season, yeah, obviously the season, your practices have to be hard. Yeah, but obviously the fine line is well, you risk somebody getting injured when you practice hard, just like that. But uh, man, it's it's a tough balance. It's a fine line that these coaches have to walk. But you know, Texas they they've got to be good defensively. They can be as good as they were defensively last year and win the Big Twelve. I, I think yeah. there's a chance this defense is even better in 2023 than it was in 2022. But as long as the defense doesn't revert back to what they were in year one of the Steve Sarkeesian, Pete Kwiatkowski era, then this team, because I expect them to be better offensively, uh, they're going to find their way to Arlington and they're going to win a big 12 this year. You just can't have the defense take a step back. And it's, you know, I feel better about this with PK because with, with some of PK's predecessors, the former defensive coordinators at Texas, it felt like there was almost a, a, a pattern that was being followed where year one of the new DC was great. And you're like, Oh man, we love this guy and we better enjoy this dude while we have him Cause he's about to get poached for a head coaching job somewhere else. Right. And then year two would be a little bit of a step back. And it's like, Oh, things aren't as good. You know what, what happened? Where, where was what we saw last year? Why are we not seeing it here in year two? And then and by year, year three, three, they were gone. Year three. It was like, Oh, this guy sucks. We can't get, we can't wait to get this guy out of town. And no one wants to hire this dude to be a head coach. We got to fire this guy. He has no idea what he's doing. Like that's been the case for Texas a number of times over the last 10, 12 years when it comes to defensive coordinators this year, it was the opposite, right? Year one was really bad. And people were like, uh, uh, you know, is PK the guy, like right. how much longer of a leash do we give this dude? And then boom, you saw that linear progression year over year and year two was a hell of a lot better than year one. So hopefully you continue to see that to where it is that linear progression, but obviously year threes for recent Texas DCs has, uh, has been a problem. Hopefully that's not something we're talking about with PK. Well, it's been, it's been a slow burn. I mean, over the last couple of years with these guys, like you said, year number three, this should be this should be good stuff. I don't expect them to take a step back. I expect them expect them to be better on the defensive line. They were good. They were they were pressure. They put a lot of pressure on. But I expect more than just pressure this year. I expect turnovers and sacks. And once again, 
the secondary ought to be in the top 10 defenses, secondaries in the country by midseason. They should be right there and ready to be one of the top defensive secondaries. So I believe the kind of pressure they're going to get up front is going to be a lot better than it even was last year. But I, but you need to have turnovers, not just sacks. and pre- Yeah, pressures, that's nice. But you need to get the ball turned over. You need to give the offense the ball in positions where they can score with short fields. That's what I expect this defense to be like. But as I said, during these tour days, it looks like they've been getting the better of the offense. I don't want to have to worry about the offense with this group. The head coach no. is the offensive coordinator. He understands what's going on. He's got talent all over the place. Now you're gonna miss you're gonna miss Bijan Robinson. You're just gonna miss him. He's that's a great player. You know, those guys just don't come along. And that kind of production, you just don't you're not you don't have a player that has that kind of production on your team. There's not a player, there's not a freshman. I don't care if he was the number one running back in the country. There is nobody on your team that has that kind of production that Bijan Robinson gave to you, you know, right. over the two years that he's been around. So uh, whether you find combos to get close to that or not, you're going to have to get really good at something, and that's going to be in the throwing game. You're going to have to be really, really precise in your throwing game. You're going to have to take what the defense gives you. You're going to have to not only catch the ball, you're going to have to catch and run, not catch and fall down, but catch the ball and run with the ball and create big plays uh, through the passing game. And when I say that, I'm not just talking about throwing them bombs. But when you have a chance to throw them bombs, you got to connect on them bombs. Yep, that was you know? a huge problem last year, the deep ball for Texas. They tried it all the time. I, I would argue they tried it too much, right? They were looking for those home run plays, which obviously if you can get them, they can change the outcome of a game. But uh, Texas just wasn't good enough at him last year. And- BK, maybe this defense has just gotten to the point they're, they're really good on the defensive line, and maybe that's why the offensive – that young offensive line has still struggled. They're still pretty young going into that second year. Now, you know, you get into games and you get into a little bit of a rhythm and then you get into a little bit of a roll during the season against teams. But you're playing you're playing guys that know you right now. Yep. They know about you. They know what your strength is, know what your weakness is, and they've seen you for an awful lot of practices right now. So defensively, you can take advantage of those types of things no matter how good the guys are. You know, they're going to they're struggle against you. They should. You know them. But when you start to get against other teams, they're going to have to have film on you. It's going to take a while for it to gather to where they find out what your weaknesses are. But guys that you play against every day, hell, if you can't, if if they can't beat you, who can? You know, right? Right. It's yeah. You talk about you talk about the offense getting some confidence in this last week of fall camp. Well, they should be getting some confidence against Rice next Saturday too. For sure. There's like no. That, there's, you're just better than talent wise. You're just better than they are. Yeah, like that's one of those. I mean, obviously, the step up in class from Rice to Alabama is going to be massive. There's no debate there. Right. But, yeah, you want to make sure that you're firing on all cylinders in that game against Rice because, look, if Texas struggles in any facet against Rice, then we're all going to be a little nervous about what that trip to Tuscaloosa is going to look like. Uh, Not sitting here telling you that a 40-50 point win is going to all of a sudden guarantee that Texas beats Alabama on the road. But, obviously, if things uh, are are interesting or if Texas just – doesn't dominate up front or really in any aspect of the game the way that you would expect when they take on Rice, then you've got a little bit more cause for concern, I think, going in to Alabama. Well, you need that momentum. You need that momentum from the Rice game going to Tuscaloosa. Sure. You can't be in a dogfight for three quarters and say, well, we pulled it out in the fourth quarter. We did. Hey, we won the game. We had more points than it. No, screw that. Yep. You need to yep. dominate the group that you're going to play next week so that you so when you get to Tuscaloosa – because as I said, that's that's going to be a different feeling. That's a, that's a different college atmosphere. You can talk about the hundred thousand you play against here, but the hundred thousand that that or the eighty ninety thousand that they see in Tuscaloosa 
they win national championships. They're in the thick of things in their conference every year. Not, yeah. not, not on some given years, but every year they're in the th- they're used to championship type of games every week. And that's what you're going to face when you go there. Whether they have a quarterback or not, the atmosphere is going to be as if Joe Namath is playing quarterback at Alabama again. That's mm-hmm. what it's going to feel like to a player. Now, when you get down there and you start going bone to bone, that may be a little bit different. But the atmosphere in Tuscaloosa is going to be different. Just like Nick Saban had to kiss ass about how it was here at Texas. Oh, that the greatest atmosphere we've ever been in. A hundred thousand. Our team has never, it's never been so loud at a place. You know, I'm pretty sure it's been loud at Athens and you know, in South Carolina and places like that where they play at SEC every week. So that deal, he won't that won't play out again. He hated to do it last year. You know, he hated every bit of having to give the kudos that tech. He won the game still, but he had to talk about how. It was close. The atmosphere was amazing. I mean, he had to say things that that dude didn't want to say. Sure. And look, I, th- I think the atmosphere played a factor in it Texas's is. last game against an SEC team on the road, right? Arkansas, two years ago. You're one of the Steve Sarkeesian era. Like, yeah. I mean, that was obviously a bad Texas team that went five and seven, but uh, the, the atmosphere was too much. Like, yeah, they things- got rolled. The players got overwhelmed by all. Yeah. Bingo. I mean, once things started to unravel a little bit for Texas, it snowballed and it got ugly fast in that game in Fayetteville. And look, at Arkansas, they hate Texas. They've got a great atmosphere there. But I mean, Alabama's Alabama. They got yes. more people they could shove into Bryant Denny. And like you said, they're they're used to winning a lot. So there's there's a lot more that goes into a trip to Tuscaloosa than there's a trip than there is to a trip to Fayetteville. And we obviously saw how that trip to Fayetteville went. So yes. uh, yeah, this is a big deal. Like you said, like Alabama. Look, the Texas atmosphere was great last year. It was awesome. And it was made one of the best atmospheres that DKR has ever had. So I don't want to sure. say this as like a shot against Texas fans by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, Alabama, like you said, they, they play in atmospheres like that multiple times a year. Right. There's no other atmosphere like that in the Big 12. Like the only team that has that type of home field is Oklahoma. And where does Texas play Oklahoma every year? Like they, they don't ever play in Norman. So they don't get their experience like that, you know, 80,000 plus seat stadium where everyone's going nuts. Now, right. look, the Big 12 fan base is a rabid, but, you know, you're talking about 40 to 60,000 people versus the 90 to 100,000 you're going to get when you go to the SEC at most places. So, yeah, it's uh, Texas is less used to this than Alabama is in terms of the atmosphere. I'm with you. And, and speaking of, since we are talking about Alabama, how about what Urban Meyer said recently about Texas? He was talking to Tim May of Letterman's Row. When asked about the Longhorns, he said, quote, they are loaded. There's a five-star athlete at every position on offense. I watched them against Alabama last year. They should have won that game. If Quinn Ewers doesn't go down, I believe Texas beats Alabama, and the whole 2022 season is completely different. Your thoughts well, I, on that? I, I mean, I, I you know, it's just it's almost the same Cole McCoy thing. I don't like the candies and ifs and nuts and butts. And if my, you know, if my aunt had, she'd be my uncle. I mean, I, all that stuff is just weird. I mean, it's just sports. It happens. Those things happen. You have to overcome those things, whether they happen or not. Are you good enough to overcome some of the things that happen? Are you over? Are you good enough to overcome? You know, going to Lubbock and going to overtime and your star not fumbling the ball on a run play. I mean. You have to be good enough to overcome these things. That's why teams like Alabama win. That's why Georgia doesn't have to worry about that because they're they're beating your ass so bad by the time it's time to that you think you can do something. By the time you're only down three scores and you think, well, we can come back from three scores. Oh, Georgia puts three more on you. Mm-hmm. And it's 
that, those are the things that, that happen. That's, that's how sports is. Things just happen. Are you good enough to overcome the things that happen to you? Texas has not been good enough to overcome those things, yep. you know, and, and will they be able, will they be able to, maybe this is a year that no matter what happens, they just overcome it. Maybe this is the year for the love of God that a Texas quarterback can start and finish a game against Alabama. Cause I'm so tired of having these debates, the ifs and nuts and candies and yeah. butts, like you said, where, Oh, if this Texas quarterback stayed healthy against Alabama, they would have won the game. Now, I feel a lot stronger about Texas being able to win the national championship in early 2010 if Colt McCoy didn't get hurt than I do about Texas winning that game last season if Quinn Ewers didn't go down. Like, there's zero doubt in my mind. Help players on that Alabama title team from 09 have come out and said that now Texas sure. wins that game if Colt McCoy stays healthy. There's zero doubt in my mind that the Longhorns win that national title in 09 if, uh, if Colt stays healthy. Well, last year, like, after the Oklahoma game, that was the battle cry. I think every Texas fan was saying that like, Oh, if Ewers doesn't get hurt against Bama, yeah, we beat Alabama. Like look sure. at what Ewers has done over the first half of the season. Look at what he just did against the Sooners in Dallas. Like th this guy's the truth right here. And if he doesn't get hurt, then it's a no brainer. Like we, we barely lost Alabama needed a last second field goal to win that game. And Ewers only played one quarter. And Oh, by the way, he was torching the Alabama defense before he went down with that injury. Oh, there's no way we lose that game. If Ewers can play all four, and then, well, the second half of the season happens, and there, there were a lot less of those battle cries coming from Longhorn fans uh, in the second half after the Oklahoma State game went down the way that it did, after the TCU game went down the way that it did, after just what we saw from yours in the second half of 2022. It, it wasn't like, uh, like to me, I don't know if I could say Urban Meyer's right. Like, I, I still think Texas wins that game if Quinn Ewers stays healthy, but, you know, because yours was as up and down as he was last year Pretty I can't be season, like yeah. oh yeah I, I for sure feel like if viewers played all four quarters of that game Texas wins that game I just don't know because of uh, the inconsistencies that we would see not only just week over week but also within games at times from Quinn Ewers well, and going I, up against Nick Saban in that defense with his mastermind and you know just he he would have made adjustments like he would have done something that uh, would have presented some challenges to Quinn Ewers. I don't know if Quinn Ewers would have been able to respond and do what he did in that first quarter. And that's what they do. That's what Alabama does. They play four quarters of football. No matter what the score is, they're still coming at you. They they come at you in waves, and they can do that. That's what they're used to doing. That's why they win those games, BK. Because in the fourth quarter, when those groups like Alabama and Georgia are up by two touchdowns, and you think, okay, you're on the other side, and you're going, well, they're probably going to take the gas off and just run the ball. Oh, no, no, they drop back and throw a bomb for another touchdown. They just they keep a constant pressure on the, the opposing team. They do it on special teams, punt returns, punt blocks, things like that. That's why the Longhorns, this maybe they're getting to the point where maybe this is the year where they do all those things, and they're special at all parts, offense, defense, special teams, the throwing game, the running game stopping third down and three where a team goes around the outside, gets to the perimeter and goes for 15 yards for a first down. Could the clock continues to run? That team stays on the field. Maybe this team is there now. Maybe, maybe this is the year, but once again, it's just maybes, you know, and, and we'll have to see, but they've gotten better at it. I felt like they got better. I felt like they got better defensively in, in, in the defensive front last year with the, with the pressure they put on the quarterback. Now I'm saying, step that up. Give me some interceptions. Give me some fumbles. Make the quarterback fumble the ball. Don't just pressure him and bat the ball down. Get him from behind. Hit him from behind. Make that ball come out. Give yourself 
an opportunity for your offense to do some things. And offensively, hey, it's third and three. Let's go ahead. Hey, we're going to run the ball, and we're running it right here, but we're still going to get it with this with this offensive line group. We're going to yeah. let you know we're going to run it right here, right, right off tackle right here, and you're still not going to be able to stop it. You know, no. we don't have to do – we're not going to gimmick you. We're not going to try to trick you. We're just coming right downhill at you. Okay. That's when it will start to really, really good, really good. When you see this group, BK, and third and twos and third and threes, get the first down easily, like, oh, that's not even – you don't even have to mark that. We don't have to call in the chains. We just move along. Next first down. That's when it will start to really feel good. And that's when the players will start to love it too. You're right. I just – I hate the third down run, and mainly because it just – feels like it never works at texas like i'm with you you're right i want to get to that point to where hey it's third and two you know we we can tell you what play we're running like casey stutter talks yeah. about this right like yes. it, that texas o-line was so good in 05 to where they could literally and they would literally tell the opposing defensive line exactly what they were running and those guys still couldn't stop them hey, like, it's that's, coming that's right what behind you me. here it's coming right behind me yep. yeah. now that you know where it's coming what are you going to do about it you can't do anything about it yeah, like uh, Taken, the movie Taken. Good luck. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the kind of speech that uh, the Texas O line would give uh, opponents in 05 when they were just running through teams. Like, okay, you don't need to tell everybody what play you're running, but you want to have that confidence. I agree with you 100. I think that's well said, Buck. I think you they're want- building that way. I think they're building to it. Building to it yeah. now in this last year in this conference, knock the crap out of some of these teams. Start, you know, yeah, TCU had a great year last year. A bunch of those guys are gone. Why should they be battling with you? A bunch of those guys are in the NFL. I know they have a fantastic coach. I believe Sonny Dykes is a really, really good coach. And I think he's going to – his coaches are going to coach up the guys that still remain. But Texas ought to not be worrying about teams like TCU. They should be thumping that group. Well, you talk about being perfect, right? And I don't think Texas needs to be perfect to win – this Big 12 because this is a very imperfect Big 12 this year, mm-hmm. right? Like there, there have been some years Oklahoma has had a legit national championship contending team, and it's like, no, if you want to beat them, you've got to be on your P's and Q's. You've yes. got to dot all of your I's and cross all of your T's. Uh, there have been years where other teams in this conference have been really, really good. Like they've been national championship type of contenders to where, okay, if you want to win this league, you've got to have all of your puppies in order to quote the great Bill Raftery. Like you just got to be so detail oriented and damn near perfect every single Saturday. If you want to win this conference, that's not the case this year, No, like you, but it is the case in Tuscaloosa in week two. If you yes, want to be the Saban team in his house, you got to be damn near perfect. But like, that's, that's part of the reason why I have confidence in Texas this year. And I think that's part of the reason why a lot of Texas fans have confidence in Texas this year. Like, Look, this team's really, really good, and I think they'd have a chance in a lot of years in the Big 12 with this roster and this coaching staff. But because Oklahoma's coming off of a losing season, I mean, when's the last time that's happened? you got to go back to the John Blake era in the 90s to talk about something like that. Because, you know, TCU's ranked, but they lost a ton of people from their national championship team last year. Like, because K-State lost its best offensive and defensive players, because Baylor's got some issues, because Texas Tech's – like, you just go up and down this conference, there are more questions than answers with the other teams across this league. And I don't think any of the newcomers are going to be that good. Like, I think UCF could be interesting, but I don't think they're a legit – 
conference championship contender in No matter what one. quarterback they bring back, no matter yeah, how many years he's been playing there. Exactly. So, like, I, I don't think Texas needs to be perfect. They've got to be perfect to win in T-Town in week two, but they don't have to be that perfect to to win this Big 12 championship this year. And that's why, like, okay, that that that's a huge reason why I feel like this team can get it done this season because I don't, I don't have the faith that Sarr can coach a perfect team. He's never won 10 games in a season as a head coach. That's right. I I, I haven't seen this program in a long time play anywhere close to perfect football over the course of a full season. So that's why, again, that's again, the talent is going to outweigh the coaching at some point. Well, yeah, that's the the hope. That's the hope that this year that uh, it happens this season, that the talent is just so much better on this Texas side than it is on any other side in the Big 12 that even if they do mess up, even if the coach isn't perfect, they still find a way to not only get to Jerry World but win the conference on their way out the door. Because you'll have to be that way when you move to the next level, the next conference, because even those those mid-tier teams on any given Saturday can beat you. Yep. Uh, The South Carolinas, as I said, the – not Aggies. I'm no. Nah, I'm never going to say that. Don't worry about them. That's they're easy. Jimbo Fisher's still going to be the coach, no problem. But the 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 Mississippi's, the Mississippi States, you know, some of those types of teams. If you ever end up playing Missouri, some of those teams. I mean, week in, week out, it's it's going to be it's going to be a dog fight. So you need to leave this conference as the as the top dog on the way out. You came into this Big Twelve conference as the top dog. You won the first Big Twelve championship. You need to leave the same way. Yep. I'm almost you almost got me to the point where I'm talking win the championship. I'm not quite there yet, but I am to the point of you got to be in it. If you're not in the championship, that means you probably lost three games. That yeah. won't that's that's not good. No, no, losing three games in this conference is unacceptable. And we're probably talking about an eight and four season if that's the case, which is what Texas did last year. And look, Sark wouldn't lose his job if the horns go eight and four this year, no. but his seat would be warming up a little bit, and yes. I guarantee you there will be some folks calling for his head if this is an eight and four year in twenty twenty. Just don't say that dude's name. We know, but we you need a coach, not a silly man. That dude's a silly man. Come on, it's one of the best college football coaches of all time. He's a piece of shit human being, but he's won three national championships, dude. I don't think Texas would hire no. Urban Meyer. I think that ship has sailed. But um, yeah. You know, he, he can coach. Uh, there's uh, This guy right now needs to be the coach. He needs to coach. He needs to continue to recruit because you, there's something special about this head coach when it comes to getting in the households and getting to moms and dads of of star-type players. But he, now he has to get in the minds of those star-type players. Nice for mom and dad and their sons come here, but now you need to get into the heads of those sons to make them understand they need to play up to their abilities, their capabilities of why they got to Texas and why why you gave them those scholarships. That's ah, going to be the important part. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, we've got uh, major breaking news out of the world of baseball that we unfortunately have to get to here in a second. Before we do that, shout out to another one of our great sponsors, Alt Stat Brewery and Alt Stat Beer. If you're looking Went for by there yesterday, do. it was beautiful. The castle looks good. The place is massive, isn't it? Yes. Oh, it is gorgeous. Hey, this is the last weekend before Texas football. So if you're looking for something to do this weekend, check out the Altstadt Brewery. A little bit of a cold front coming in, Buck. There you go. 
that's what you're predicting. Uh, there's so much to do. The place is massive. There's an outdoor beer garden. There is a wedding and event venue. They've got live music every weekend. They've got a German-style restaurant cooking up great, great food. And, of course, you get to see how the great Altstadt beer is made, and you get plenty of samples along the way. I'm telling you, it is the perfect day trip for the beer drinkers in your life. Get out to Fredericksburg. The place is beautiful. Of course, you're right in the heart of the beautiful central Texas hill country. I'm telling you, you will not regret going to see my friends at the Altstadt Brewery. And hey, if you can't make it out there this weekend, that's fine. They're open every weekend. Live music, the restaurant, it's all there all of the time. Go say what's up to them and make sure you get your hands on some of that great Altstadt beer. No impurities, no regrets. Bucky, we got some bad news out of the world of baseball. Shohei Otani is injured. He has torn his UCL, and he will not pitch for the remainder of the 2023 season. Which means he may not pitch for the 2024 season. He might not. He might have to get Tommy John. He had to get Tommy John once back in 2018, And obviously that's a major, major surgery that does require a crap ton of rehab time. And if it is Tommy John that's required for Shohei Otani, then yeah, you're probably right. He's probably not going to be able to pitch next year either. Yeah, you don't Um, see him until 2025 now. Yeah, 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 yeah. The question obviously would become, can he hit, right? Like, can he play? He's still one of the best hitters in baseball and – you know, he's a free agent this offseason. That guy would get a massive contract if he was only a batter because he is one of the best hitters in the game these True. days. But, um, yeah, you wonder how this impacts his value on the open market. I still think he's going to get the biggest deal in the history of Major League Baseball because, well, he's already come back from Tommy John once and proven that he could pitch at an elite level. I think uh, he'll showcase the ability to do that again if he does need to go under the knife one more time. But, yeah, uh, he'll, yeah, he'll lose some coin, but he's not losing all that coin. Believe me, that's his bat is is well worth the price of what he can do. And yeah. it, boy, that's a shame. That that that's an awful thing to hear. But that guy right there is well worth the the price of admission when he just comes up to the plate. So uh, that's not going to stop a lot of people from wanting him. No, the same no. people that wanted him for his pitching and his hitting, they want him for just his hitting too. Yeah, the the hope is, you know, for me as a baseball fan, right? Like he, he's not going to end up signing with my favorite team. So I don't have to root for him specifically in that regard. But I like rooting for Shohei Otani. I just like watching him play. Like he's a Absolutely. talent that the game has never seen. And I'm I'm a fan of watching generational talents in sports whenever I get the opportunity to. And once again, this guy is unlike anything any of us. Unlike anything? Seen. Unlike anything oh. you've ever seen? Maybe you haven't seen the captain. Maybe you've missed out on watching the captain play if you think Shohei Otani is special. Maybe you have missed out on one of the special players. And maybe he'll find himself in the pinstripes next year at a price. Maybe the price will be a little bit lower now, and maybe we'll see him in New York, New York. And maybe the captain will come out of retirement to greet him when he comes off the plane. How many MVPs did the captain win buck two zero what zero i gave him two it doesn't matter what you gave him <laughs> you didn't get to vote nobody cares who you're voting for in your fake mvp ballots shohei's about to win his second mvp award come on man this guy's no, different he, he'll he'll end up with the mariners now yeah uh, no he won't 
No, he won't. But this sucks. I, this sucks. I just love watching this guy play, man. And, yeah, and that's 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 terrible. It's not good for baseball. If he hits, he's still one of the best hitters in the game, and that's still must see television. But obviously, what's make what makes Shohei different is the fact that he can do both at an incredibly high level. Did this so, happen? In a, did it happen in a game, or was yep. this just he was pitching yesterday, and it happened in a game, and. He, uh, it was a doubleheader that the Angels were playing, and he insisted on being in the lineup in the second game. So he pitched the first game. That's where he got hurt. But he like insisted to his manager out there that he needed to play in game two, and he played as a hitter in game two with that torn UCL. So wow, this guy, this guy loves the game, man. He loves the game, and I, I assume he's going to try to hit. I don't know if he'll be able to if he does have to go under the knife again. But uh, this sucks, man. Like obviously the Angels have fallen apart they're not going to make the playoffs again um but still watching Shohei Otani is a hell of a lot of fun even though the Angels aren't very good that guy is still worth the price of admission now we won't get to see him on the mound for the rest of the year now I I just wonder they're going to shut him down they got to shut him down I mean the swelling in that the swelling that it's going to go through they don't they they don't want that to affect anything I mean that's just a smart smart baseball move by a group that would like to have him come back even though he's probably not coming back Mm-hmm. Especially if he's not going to be able to pitch to 2025, he's probably not coming back there. Hey, Why would so, he come back to that place? No, they never win. They didn't make the playoffs one time right. while he was there. So some owners might be licking their chops, thinking they can get Shohei at a little bit of a discount because of this. And I, I do wonder if there might be some incentives in Shohei's next contract from a pitching perspective, right? Like, well, I mean, it just get, makes sense. Yeah, to get this money, you're going to have to pitch this number of games because, once again, he might be coming off of his second Tommy John surgery, which, uh, oh, man, that that sucks. That's awful for baseball. They need superstars. They need marketable pieces. There's no better superstar, no more marketable piece than Otani's son. And, yeah, he, he might be missing a lot of the next year and change, which is brutal yeah they, they won't pitch him next year he'll he'll have to sit out to 2025 he'll sit out the whole next year next season yep. and the uh the astros lost last night the mariners finally lost last night their long winning streak came to an end the rangers had the night off so the rangers lead over the astros is at one game in the american league west the rangers lead over the mariners is at a game and a half in the american league west uh, obviously that division race is tight as can be and it will continue to remain that way you would think until the end of the season. So, uh, yeah, the Rangers got some help from both Sox as the Red Sox beat the Astros in 10 innings in Houston to avoid a sweep down there. And the White Sox, one of the worst teams in baseball, uh, they avoided a sweep. They got a win over Seattle. So the Rangers, despite the fact that they didn't play, they actually gained a little bit more of a lead in the American League West. But this thing is going to be tough and tight down the stretch. BK, would you expect to see a lot of these young quarterbacks play in this third game in the NFL? The young guys, this is, I mean, this is kind of the final, final deal, that that final, that third game. Uh, do, you, do you think, do you think coaches mm-hmm. pull them out now or do they say, now we really got to see what you're made of. We need you, we need you to really shine in this third game. Mm, I think some of the young guys might play like D'Amico Ryans, the head coach of the Texans came out and said that the starters are going to play two series in the Texans' final preseason game, and I assume yeah. that means C.J. Stroud, even though the Texans haven't officially announced that C.J. Stroud is going to start for them. Oh, week they'll one tell you who's the quarterback then if this happens This with the two series. But, yeah, I got a hunch that that's, that's going to happen. And I think C.J. Stroud will be the first guy out there. I think he'll get a couple of series, and that'll be it. So uh, I don't think you'll see a ton of established quarterbacks play 
this week, right? This is usually the week where you rest things, uh, you rest guys up. But I think you might see maybe Bryce Young play a little bit in Carolina because he's had a shaky preseason. Maybe that, Anthony Richardson yeah. gets a little bit of run in Indy because he's been up and down in this preseason as well. So Prescott will be done. He'll yeah, be like he was last week with no shoulder pads on, hanging out. Yeah, I don't think you'll see much Dak this weekend. I think most of the, uh, once again, the veteran guys, not just at quarterback, but really across right. the league, I, I think those dudes are probably done for the preseason. Usually nowadays, like back back in the day, a couple of years ago, before they went this from was four the to three, one. this was the one. Yeah, the third preseason game was the one. But now it's kind of the second preseason game is that. The third preseason game is just the – you know, we're, we're seeing who's going to make the team. Yes. And with the with the NFL now, you know, they used to have a number of different roster cutdowns over the course of camp, right? Now it's all at once. So, like, now this is the last time that you get to prove your worth, and then, boom, after this preseason game, you're going from 90 all the way down to gone. You're right. 53. So, it's, uh, it's bigger for the coaches to find out, yeah, who, you know, guys 46 to 53 are going to be. They already know who the starters are. For the most part, they're they're looking to see uh, who's going to make the team when it's all said and done. All right, one more time, Buck. We uh, we started the show with this, but just for the later crowd, I think just about every Texas fan has seen this video or at least seen these comments from Big Twelve Commissioner Brett Yormark. But uh, this made the rounds yesterday. A huge story, not only for Texas, not only for the Big Twelve, but really in college football. Like this thing has made national headlines because of what happened. Brett Yormark. Big 12 Conference Commissioner was speaking in Lubbock at a gathering of Texas Tech fans. And here's what he had to say about Texas and Oklahoma departing for the SEC. And he also took a not-so-subtle jab at Texas towards the end of this cut. Check it out. In addition, candidly, we were able to get Texas and Oklahoma out a year early. That was a big deal for us, and I think all of you. Okay? And Coach, I'm not going to put any pressure on you. But I'm going to be in Austin for Thanksgiving, okay? And you better take care of business like you did right here in Lubbock last year. And, and refs, I'm going to be in Austin at Thanksgiving, and you better take care of business like you did last year out in Lubbock. Yeah, if you want to keep your job as a right. referee in the Big 12 Conference, you better do your part because I'm going to be watching you for my fancy suite at DKR. I would be. I would have been on that phone if I was Sark or CDC. I would have been on that phone so quick to that guy going, "What the hell are you got? What are you doing? I mean, what kind of game are you going to be running here when we're trying? We're we're trying to have a season where we're trying to win a championship, whether it's our last year or our first year or our second year. I mean, all fairness. It's supposed to be about these kids and fairness and competition. And you're getting up at the podium and 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 saying these things. It just it doesn't sound fair to me. It no. sounds like you're going to be kind of heavy handed with your officiating for two schools leaving your conference. Yeah, the only parting gifts that Texas and Oklahoma are going to get from the Big 12 are bang, bang. Yes, I mean, that's it. Absolutely. You know, I, I don't think any Texas fan expected to get favorable calls by any stretch of the imagination this year, right? It felt like Texas and Oklahoma got the short end of the whistle last year, and you assume it's only going to be worse in the final year in the league. But now, yeah, you've got the conference commissioner, who's in charge of everything and everybody in this league basically coming out and telling you that, yeah, no, we're, we're, we're not giving you guys any breaks. We're not cutting y'all any slack. And he said the quiet part out loud. 
Like it, it's no secret. The big 12 wants no part of Texas or Oklahoma in the conference championship game at the end of the year, right? Like they want to make sure that they've got two schools who will be in this league beyond 2023 playing for a conference championship game. So they can send a message, not only to Texas and OU, but to everybody that, Hey, we don't need those guys. Like we're perfectly fine. The big 12 is still going to be a factor and we're more than just Texas and Oklahoma. Like that is what the big 12 wants. And it'd be their worst nightmare if Texas and OU. I love that nightmare. That's the best. That's what I thought of oh. in the beginning of this all when they were on their way out to have these two teams play each other before they go to the sec in the last big 12 championship game. That would, it couldn't get any better. Yep. And I mean, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, Buck, like look, a, a lot of Longhorn fans are anti sec chant. If Texas is whooping up on Texas Tech oh. in that regular season finale. And Brett Yormark's in attendance. If he's still there at the end of the game, he's such a diehard Texas Tech fan, apparently. He might have to leave early if Texas is winning. Uh, I sure as hell hope the that chance. guy gets a bunch of SEC chants right in his face on his way out. He better have extra security, man. That he better awful. have extra security with the That was way, that was way like over that. the top right there. Yeah, that didn't, need, that didn't need to be saying. But once again, as I said, as long as Texas and Oklahoma are still a part of your conference, they rule your conference, Commissioner. You need to understand, as long as they have a, as long as their toe is in the water, they might as well have their whole body in the water because there's nobody better. There's nobody in the higher position than the two schools that are leaving your conference. And all the rest of them that are staying in your conference, they wish they would have got this kind of attention to leave the conference because guess what they would have done? Bye. Yep. They would have gone too. Yep. Absolutely. They all done the same thing. Yeah, if the SEC wanted Texas Tech, you don't think Texas Tech was going to the SEC? Oh no, they would have stayed. They would have stayed just to stay to play against Texas. No, they'd have been gone so quick. Are you yeah. kidding me? Come on, man! Like Texas Tech was about to join Texas and make the move to the Pac-12 like ten years ago. They would have done that too. So, yeah. Now it's. I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, it's it, You're going to be rooting for Oklahoma. There will be games yeah. that you'll have to root for Oklahoma in this year. Yeah, I'll be rooting for a Texas OU rematch. Now, I want Texas yeah. to actually win that rematch this year, but that's what I'm looking for. That would be the best way for these two schools to leave the Big 12. And, you know, Brett Yormark has a job because of Texas and Oklahoma. Yes. Like all, all of these schools – have the money that they've been able to bring in over the last 25 years because of Texas and Oklahoma. So just the, you know, I, I get it. I get why they're mad. Believe me, like they are losing out on a lot because Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. I understand why Brett Yormark's frustrated. I understand why these fan bases are frustrated. I get it. But man, like to, to publicly come out and say that, like you said, I mean, this is this is not about the fans. This is not about the big money donors. This is not about TV partners. This is not about Chris Del Conte. Like this is supposed to be about the student athletes. In the fairness, right? right? Like we're we're still we're still trying to pretend that amateurism is a real thing. Yeah, and we're st- we're still trying to act like you know we care about the kids, right? Like that's that's how we're supposed to act in college football or just in college sports in general. And you've got, like you said, the guy, the leader of a conference who's supposed to promote fairness and equality. Yes. You know, everyone's got a chance and it doesn't matter where you go to school. You've got every opportunity here as you would anywhere else. The fact that he's basically coming out and saying that now I don't, I don't want Texas to win this year. Like I, I'm, I'm openly rooting against certain teams in this league that dude, that's, that's Which a bad I'm openly bit. tapping my officials on the shoulder. Yeah, there's pandering. Like the the first half of what he said, like, oh, we're happy Texas and Oklahoma are making the move to the SEC a year early. Yeah, so are we. Like, everyone's happy. 
when you're basically breaking up, there's no point in staying in the same house with your wife or your girlfriend or your fiance. Like just part ways, get out of there as soon as you possibly can. Sure. There's no there's no reason to stick it around for any while longer. But then to just say, hey, man, like go beat them again like you did last year. Like, come on, dude. That's not pandering. That is BS. Yeah. There's not going to be – there won't be too many fair games. That's why you have to stomp everybody. That's why I'm saying stomp them all. Don't yep. make it – if you're up by two touchdowns, you're at the – if you're at the goal line towards the end of the game, just punch another one in there. Sorry yep. about the good sportsmanship, but I'm going to punch one more score to beat you by 21 uh, or 28. Run Sorry. up the score a little bit I could, on the way I out. Could take, I could take a knee, but I'm not going to. Why should I? Why should they? You know? Yep. No, I, you shouldn't. I always want to be Texas Tech, but man, this this comment, and I know Brett Yormark's not even a Texas Tech guy. Like he didn't go there, he doesn't work there, but just he doesn't want to go there. Him saying this is like, oh man, that there's even more incentive to win that game. Like you could be playing for a spot in the Big 12 championship game because it is the last game of the year. It's the last time I consider Texas Tech a rival. I think Texas fans should, even though it's been pretty one-sided historically. Uh, I, I consider Texas Tech a rival, so it's your last time for the foreseeable future that you'll get to play them, and then boom, all of this stuff on top of it. Like that's that is all the incentive in the world, right there, to uh, to go out and beat those guys on Black Friday. And the Sooners need to feel the same way about everybody they play because they're going to get the same treatment. If they yeah. they need to understand, they're going to get hosed too. Yeah, they've got an easy schedule though. That's why Oklahoma is so confident. Like I talked to. I'm about to post a video, I think, uh, either tonight or tomorrow, a little Oklahoma season preview. I caught up with uh, my buddy Tyler, who does sports radio in Norman, and he's like, dude, that's the expectation. Like, even though Oklahoma's coming off of a six and seven season and their worst right. year in two decades plus, they fully expect to uh, to make it to the Big 12 title game this year. So, yeah, the expectations there are always pretty high, but they are, they're high in Norman just like they are in Austin. And, oh, that would be I, – I don't even know if Brett Yormark would show up to that game, Buck. Imagine the look on that guy's face because he's the guy who presents the trophy oh, to the winner of the conference championship, and he has to do that to either Steve Sarkeesian or Brent Venables. Well, doesn't, he have, a, doesn't he have a little weasel uh, assistant commissioner does a lot of chirping too for him? Yeah, he'll probably get somebody else to do it, man. He's of not even going to show up to that game. And if you know, if it's like Texas and K State playing in that, or Texas and Texas Tech playing in that game. I bet your mark is going to wear like a jersey of the other school. Oh, of course he would. Like not just a little subtle tie, like not a black and red tie or a green and gold tie. No, that because that was not a subtle statement. Those weren't subtle statements. Nah, he, he's going to be wearing like a Patrick Mahomes jersey to uh, to that game in Austin Wait. and then maybe to a Big 12 championship game too if the two schools rematch at Jerry World. Yeah, that's that was a little much for me. That I just, you know – once again, as you said, the reason he's got this job is because of Texas and Oklahoma. That's why he's got the job that he has right now. It's just just carry on, talk about your conference, talk about the good things about your conference. Don't talk about the group that's leaving your conference, that's held up your conference over the last 20-some years. Talk about the conference itself. Yep, that's you know, it. That's uh, it. He, had to, he had to be in front of the Lubbock crowd and just give that one more, just dangle it out there one more time. Yep. I'm going to be an awesome and Thanksgiving. By the way, what are you in Austin? We got relatives here or something. Why are you here? Yeah, we don't want you here again. Yeah, so, yeah I'm trying to figure out, are you just coming because you're coming to the game? Nobody wants you here. 
He's going to paint his face black and red. Yeah, he's supporting nice. Texas Tech in that one. He's he's got to go root for his Red Raiders. You know, you might as well if you're coming, support him. And he's got to do his part. If Texas has a shot to get to the Big Twelve title game, he's going to make the phone call from the suite. Oh, the red phone! Look yep. out! He's going to tell the uh, one of the refs to do what they did to Charlie Strong in that Oklahoma State game back in 2016. Hey, bump into Sark and then throw a penalty on him, please. Hey, call a defensive holding on uh, one of the defensive tackles on a run play, please. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd hate to be coaching that kind of stuff to my kids, but when you get to conference play, I would have to have a candid discussion with my players and say, you're, going, you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt. So if you think you're holding, they're going to call it. If it looks like holding, if it looks like passing, if it's not pass interference and it just has an inkling of pass interference, you're probably going to get a call against you. So you need to keep your cool. You need to move about your business. You're not going to get any of the calls. No. It's just not no. going to happen for you. So you have to play on. You have to actually truly beat these teams. You're not yep. going to get the benefit of the doubt on any calls. You have to make it happen yourself. If you uh, if you ask the line judge over there when you're out there as a wide receiver, am I okay? And he nods his head yes, and then he drops a flag on you because you really weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> Because those are subtle things that they don't have to do. The yep. official doesn't have to tell you, yes, you're okay. He can ignore you and then drop a flag on you. But, you know, those little conversations that wide receivers have with guys out there, and they said, okay, you're okay. They can tell you you're okay and then drop a flag and say, oh, no, you are not. Hey, you said it, man. Take it out of the ref's hands. Like, if you're beaten up on teams by two or three touchdowns, then there's not going to be that big game-changing call right. in the fourth quarter. Leave no doubt, as the late Sean touchdown. Adams used if you're to say. point where you can add another one, just go ahead and add another touchdown. Bingo. You shouldn't feel sorry. Don't feel sorry for the coaches. Feel sorry for the kids like they're feeling bad because it's about the kids. Yeah, it's supposed to be about the kids, but apparently it's about Texas Tech. If you're Brett, wow. your mark. All right, before we get out of here today, Buck, Woods Comfort Systems, want to give them some love. You've got the Woods Comfort Systems AC unit at your place. If got you it. are building a home and you need an AC unit, reach out to them. If you've got AC issues, reach out to Woods Comfort Systems. Buck, you can talk all about them, man. They are great people who do great work. And they do it, and they do it in a hurry. They get to you in a hurry when there's a problem. And if you, you know, if if you want folks that are coming to your house and they're going to do a job. They do the job and they don't leave until the job is done, but it won't take them that long. They know exactly where the system, what the system is all about, how to get it done and how to get it done fast. And at this time of the year, you don't want people hanging around for five or six hours. You want them to get right to the problem and get it done so that air can flow just the way you need it to flow. Yep, absolutely. Woodscomfortsystems.com is the website. 512-842-5066 is the phone number. And also a shout out to Top Gun Lawn and Equipment Rentals. Uh, they're the best, man. They've got all of the tools that you could ever need to tackle any job that you may have. A small home project, a large construction job, it does not matter. They've got all the tools from all of the biggest brands the biggest selection all throughout Austin, and it's been that way since 1996. Two Austin area locations for Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment, one up north in Anderson Square, one down south on South 1st Street. Check them out online for more information, topgun.net. We will shoot you straight. All right, Buck, what you got going on today? You going to go uh, clog the toilets at a chicken wing joint in the drip? I'm going to go down to Golden Chicken let them have it. How's oh. that sound? Let them have it. You're going to give them an upper decker in that bathroom? <laughs> now that you taught me about the upper decker, maybe I'll try one on for size. 
<laughs> Try no. one on for size. I can't believe no. you never heard that before. No, I have never heard that. Only you would hear about that. You and Doc Trey would know those type of things. Yeah. But like I said, I'm not a bathroom guy. I just know what a clean porta potty is all about. The blue wave. The, the blue crystal wave. clear blue wave. Oh, wow. man. Listen, you have a safe day. I know you're down there. Enjoy your enjoy your day down there. Oh, that's right. You got a speaking engagement today. Speaking engagement, yeah, for the uh, Galveston chapter of the Texas Exes. Looking forward to that. So I will be out on the midday show. It'll be Trey and Kevin. So if you want to catch uh, a little Cabin Dune later today, you can do that from 12 to 1. And, of course, Chip and Zay coming your way from 1 to 3. More announcements coming about the future of Texas sports unfiltered. Don't forget, like the video, subscribe to this channel, so you're always up to date with what we have going on. Buck, great job today. I'll talk to you tomorrow, my friend. All right, man. I'll see you. Hook them. Hook them.